Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. So remember how like uh, those banks were collapsing and we were really concerned about one of them and they said, no, nah, everything's fine. You don't got to worry about that one bank. Well, now we got to worry about that one bank. It's uh, First Republic. And not only are we getting reports that they've basically mismanaged funds, they're being sued. Uh, I think it's like $72 billion, something like that. We're hearing now from a, a Fox Business reporter that the U.S. may seize this bank. Now, Watcher Guru says that the U.S. government is expected to actually seize this bank. And uh, it's a decently large bank. A lot of people have money here. And so, uh, money there. So it's, um, I don't know. I guess it's worrying. There was some other news, I guess, the other day that I didn't report on. I just don't really care. I, there's a, who's, 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 that, who's that guy who's running for, he announced he's going to run for president? Biden. Oh, <laughs> Joe Biden yeah, announced he's going to be running for re-election or something. I just, I just don't care. I really don't. It's just not news. So there's that. Then there's a Fox News losing one billion dollars uh, in market value after firing Tucker Carlson. You think they'd hire Dylan Mulvaney? Fox News, they got a great opportunity there. But uh, now we're hearing that they're losing a bunch of Fox Nation subscribers, which is all just completely obvious. And I think one thing people haven't mentioned is that maybe the reason Rupert Murdoch wanted to get rid of him is simply because he was becoming the face of Fox News, and that's a threat to Fox News. They want Fox News to be the brand, not Tucker Carlson. So we'll talk about all that stuff, but before we do, my friends, we got an amazing sponsor tonight, Cast Brew Coffee. Head over to castbrew.com and pick up your coffee today. It's a pre-order. It will ship by May 5th, and you can get one of two signature blends, Rise with Roberto Jr., why, in fact, Roberto Jr. is our rooster, and Appalachian Nights, a robust dark blend. We also have Colombian... And French Roast, this is our company. So when you buy Cast Brew Coffee, not only are you supporting the show, you're getting good coffee. Now, how, how, that, that's pretty, pretty good deal, isn't it? We're going to be launching decaf. We have a bunch of really good names, uh, thanks to our members. Sleepy Joe Blend, which is, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, everybody loves it. That, that was from our Discord. Sleepy Joe, because, you know, Joe Coffee and Sleepy, because there's no caffeine. And then um, Stand Your Grounds, which is going to be another roast. So those are going to be rolling out in the next month or so. But uh, once we get the official production line rolling, which is about May 5th, when you start receiving your coffee, we are going to launch coffee subscriptions. We are going to be having this as our principal product at our coffee shop in West Virginia, and we're going to be expanding a lot more. So with your support, Cast Brew Coffee will be a coffee company that is not scared to be associated with, with good, honest young men who believe in their community and things like that. If you get my drift, don't forget to also head over. Oh, that's, that's castbrew.com. Don't forget to also head over to timcast.com. Click that join us button, become a member to support the show directly, and you will get access to our Discord server where you can hang out with like minded individuals, share ideas. You can actually call into the show, the uncensored members only show, which as a member you get access to Monday through Thursday at 10 10 p.m. You can actually submit questions and be one of our callers if you've been a member for at least six months or sign up at the $25 per month level. So smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Joining us today to talk about this and so much more is Leighton Woodhouse. Hello. Sir, who are you? I'm a journalist. I have a Substack called Public, which I run with uh, Michael Schellenberger. Um, been reporting for a long time about crime, homelessness, drugs in the Bay Area. That's where I live. That's where Michael lives, um, as well as about the um, censorship industrial complex. Um, we were both part of the Twitter files. 
Yeah, that's who I am. Yeah, right on. I saw Tim Robbins was uh, was I tweeting saw that too. Tweeted about your work. So <laughs> yeah. this is the guy from a bunch of he's, Shawshank. Shawshank Redemption, right? Yeah. And um, he's in. He's got a new movie coming out. But this is like a, he's a big movie star. And he's he, also like an old school leftist, like the right. traditional kind of leftist. Yeah, you know, seems like a good few dude. of them left, I guess. Yeah, and then in, and he tweeted about the censorship industrial complex. He yeah. tweeted out your work, so mm-hmm. very based. Mm-hmm. So uh, good to have you here, man. Looking forward to, to hanging Thank out. Thank you. Absolutely. And uh, Shim Sham. Shamus. My name's Seamus Coglin. Uh, I have a YouTube channel called Freedom Tunes, where we make animated cartoons. We just released a video today that I think you guys are really going to enjoy. I also have a stream on Rumble. It's a podcast called Shamer. We stream Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6 p.m., but we are going to be streaming every single day this week. So if you all want to go over there and check either of those channels out, I would be grateful. Right on. And welcoming back to the show is Adrian Norman. What's going on, guys? Adrian Norman here. I am a staff writer here at TimCast. And like Cast Brew Coffee, I am also a robust dark blend. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Uh, He's not Ian. But, you know, I, I, Adrian will try his best, I guess. Yeah, you know, see what we can do. How see does Tim do? treat you as, as an employee writing for TimCast? Oh, we're just going to start here? Give us the dirt. I, he's actually, <laughs> you know? so uh, he's, he's like one of the few people who doesn't actually live out here. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's, he's very privileged in that regard. He can just go wherever he wants and we have to fly him in, you know, <sighs> take care of him, get him on the show. You know what I mean? You, he's, you're not like a diva about it or anything, right? No, you know, no, he's good. Yeah, 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 good. Well, I'm glad. He's just yelling me over slack. Right on. Uh, yeah, it should be fun. And then, of course, we got Surge pressing all the buttons. What's up, guys? Surge.com. All right. Well, let's just jump into this first story. I guess it's this is a big deal. And uh, I don't know how worried you guys are, but we have this from Watcher Guru. First Republic Bank expected to be seized by U.S. government. Wow. Uh, First Republic Bank is expected to be seized by the U.S. government. A report by Fox Business Network says, according to Charles Gasparino, bankers working with First Republic say they expect eventual government receivership of the for the ailing bank. This will come after it exhausts private sector solutions such as asset sales and finding a buyer, both of which appear difficult. Not surprised. First Republic lost more than 40 percent of its deposits, approximately 72 billion dollars in the first quarter of this year. Holy crap. That's bad. Its shares sank nearly 50 percent as the end of Tuesday. This is according to a Monday announcement by the bank. The bank has seen record drops over the past month and a half, particularly since the Silicon Valley Bank was closed in March. Multiple big banks have also struggled. However, it looks like First Republic will be falling into the hands of the U.S. government soon. Uh, they're also they're going to be doing that central bank digital currency in June or something. I heard about that. So this is all like kind of good timing. What if this is what precipitates an emergency buyout? We were we were talking about this the last time there was a banking crisis, which was like three weeks ago, and uh, so yikes. <laughs> and the idea is like the banks start crumbling, then the U.S. government steps in and says we are going to rescue your deposits, good members of First Republic Bank. Simply download the Fed app. And we will convert your U.S. dollars into FedCoin, which you can then use to purchase goods. I'll tell you guys if that happens, because I'm, this whole discussion is stressing me out. I'm experiencing some existential angst because that's my bank. That's my, that's my bank uh, that I bank in. It's also the bank that owns the mortgage for my house. So well, that, well I, that might be good news. I, it might be. I have no idea. Like, who might be cool you though? Know, we've got direct deposits going into this bank. We've got like I just told my we just learned about this what like half an hour ago or something. Yeah, I, I told what? my wife we don't know what's happening with our money. I mean, we'll, we're well under the FDIC cap, so we'll get insured for that. But 
to be fair, you've had like a month to prepare for this because we knew First Republic was in dire straits. I believe their PR statements, they were like, we're secure. I actually think that, I mean, I don't know anything about this, but I do think that they're just taking backsplash from what happened with Silicon Valley Bank. So I kind of doubt that this is a fundamental issue with a bank. I think that this is part of a panic, which is a reason why I should have joined the panic and taken my money out myself. Um, <laughs> or but, maybe by not panicking, you may have helped them. Yeah. But they lost 40% of the deposits. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like mismanagement. They're being sued, apparently. But I, but hold, hold on right there a minute. Yeah. Wouldn't it be cool to wake up? Everybody listening, you wake up one day and you get a phone call and they're like, you know that mortgage you had in your house? It's gone. The house amazing. is just yours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For $300,000. Boop. Actually, during the in 2009, during the, the banking crisis, with a financial crisis was when I bought my first house in L.A. And I had this experience. I've never heard anybody have this experience before. I put in an offer on this house. It was super cheap because it was like a short sale. You know, it was like property was super cheap, obviously, right after the crash. And um, and they sat on the, the offer for a while. They came back to me like three weeks later and they said my agent called me. He was like, I don't know, can't make heads or tails out of this, but the the, the bank wants you is asking if you're willing to lower your offer by fifty thousand dollars and if that happens we'll clear it and you'll get the house and i did it and i got the house <laughs> you're like, absolutely what? not no yeah. <laughs> i want to pay fifty thousand dollars more ah. <laughs> yeah That's but i guess crazy I, the market was but i guess the issue was like would the buyer accept or the seller I'm it sorry. was like i think the best i can make of it is like there was nobody who actually owned the house because these were all securitized loans. It was like, you know, some Chinese sovereign wealth fund and wow. you know, pension fund or whatever. So nobody actually had equity in the house. But the bank that was holding the debt on it was just losing money every month oh, that was wow. on the market. So they just wanted it was a toxic asset. They just wanted to get <sighs> off market. And what they were afraid of is if they took the 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 offer that I accepted. The appraiser would come in who used to be super, you know, these appraisers used, used to be super like corrupt and arm mm -hmm. hand in glove with the with the realtors. But all of a sudden they were super honest. And um, and so they were afraid that the appraiser was going to come in and say, no, this is not worth as much as you're offering. And then the deal would fall apart and then they'd have it on their their books for months longer. So that's the best I can make sense of it. First Republic said Monday it lost a net total of seventy two billion dollars in deposits during the first quarter. An outflow that would have topped 100 billion if not for a rescue from 11 of the, of the nation's largest banks. So this is like people are, are it's a run on the bank. Yeah. That's, this this sounds Same like people are Valley. rushing to the, the bank and getting their money out. I'm worried. Uh, it's kind of scary. There was another story. Did you guys hear PNC is shutting down like 40 some odd branches? Wow. No. Dude, no. I wonder if the banking system is going and, and we're like on the Titanic just oblivious is like. The banking yeah. system and the media at the same time. We need a oh, Jimmy yeah. Stewart. <laughs> Dude, the media, uh, Nate Silver got fired. Yeah. BuzzFeed's gone. BuzzFeed News. Dude, Whoa, no, we yeah, need a, We need a Jimmy Stewart oh, to be like, oh, the money's not in the bank. It's in your neighbor's home I and think, in their business so that oh, people right. leave their money there. I think the first thing, Adrian, you did was like you looked up Jim Cramer. Yeah, it was on. Yeah, it was on Watch or Google. He's unbeatable. <laughs> he was. Yeah, he's Guy's undefeated. He literally said, "But no, you pulled it up right before the show, and you're like, oh, he said it's a what safe bank. It's what a safe he bank. Yeah, but he, could, he could be right. Like fundamental. FRC is new focus. Very good bank. Marcy. Yeah, I was telling you, the man is undefeated. He will not lose. I mean, I, I, I'm really considering using him as an inverse financial <laughs> advisor. You know what I mean? Just like whatever he says, you do the opposite. It's like the George Costanza of finance. Dude, with with Nancy Pelosi and Jim Cramer, you should know exactly what to invest in. You have no excuse. That's that's true. Yeah, whatever Nancy Pelosi invests in and whatever mm -hmm. Jim Cramer advised you to do, you do the opposite. He's like, don't do He's like, Nancy's headed for bankruptcy. Don't invest in anyone. <laughs> I don't know what this means, though. Am I supposed to be worried? Like, should we panic? You should always panic, Tim. 
shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. I should, I should always panic. Always panic. That's a good rule of thumb. I want to try and pull up this news. Look at this one. This is, this is like, we never actually covered this story, even though it's from April 4th. What is, can I close this or something? What is this? PNC Bank set to close 47 branches across the U.S. by end of June. Wow. So uh, if you got First Republic or PNC, I guess the challenging thing is, does reporting on it just contribute to a run on the bank and like make everything worse? You I know? think yeah. the, the banking system, though, was a, it was a matter of time because the whole thing yeah. operates on, on confidence and faith, right? Yeah. I mean, they, they have a system of fractional reserve lending where if you put in 100 bucks, you know, the bank can lend out 90 of it and only hold 10. Yeah. And the only thing that's holding the system together is everybody not going to the bank at the same time to take their money out, which right. is exactly what's happening right now. But they actually they're lend not, out 100. They remove the reserve requirement. Well, they, they, they put it back. 20. I oh. think they put it back. Someone super chatted, so they put it back. But it's it's not that they can loan out 90. It's that they can create $90. So if there's $100 right. in the bank, they create 90 new dollars on that 100. So now there's $190 in the money supply. No, right. I thought I thought they can actually multiply it by 10, right? Because they only need 10% in reserve. So if they have $100, they can create $900. Like what, what happened with the bailout was the Fed issued out like $425 billion, So that could be leveraged to give $4.2 trillion in loans out. Like I, I, I'm not sure. My understanding was that you put $100 in the bank, they create $90 in loans. So they still have the hundred, and now there's another ninety dollars. And then someone who gets that ninety dollars deposits it in a different bank. So now there's a hundred here, ninety here. That bank then loans out, you know, uh, uh, eighty eighty one dollars or whatever. And so one hundred dollars turns into a thousand dollars, and that's inflation. Yeah. No, but 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 I actually think because you only have to have ten percent on hand, they can literally say we have a hundred dollars. Therefore, we're able to lend out nine hundred as opposed to ninety. I think you guys are saying the same thing. You're yeah, saying no, you're, but he's, well, he's saying ninety. Right. Yeah. So I'm I'm just being like they could. Like loan that ninety out, and but they're keep not loaning 10. it out; they're yeah. creating it. Yeah, well, yes, like credit cards credit. Money. Wait, yeah. Let me resolve this. If somebody puts a hundred dollars into a bank, they create um, nine hundred dollars because they're because that's ten percent, right? So that gives them the ability to be able to. I don't think that's how it works. They can no. they can loan out ninety percent of the deposits. Oh, I hear what you're saying. Okay, yeah. So yeah. if they receive a hundred dollars, they keep they ten can, on hand. But what I would say, yeah, they keep a yes. hundred on hand and then create ninety. I think that they, do they or do they just actually issue it out because a lot of these banks don't have the cash on hand when people come to withdraw and that's why they collapse. So I think they actually do pass the money out. No, well, Someone's saying it's 900, sense. not 90. Yeah, yeah. Not in the sense that- $100 deposit is 1,000 in new money loans. Yeah. If they lend the money out, it's not as Seamus if that is gets, right. Okay, Seamus is right. It's Based not as if it gets nothing. deducted well, so from anybody else's bank account, though. We, we, don't, we don't actually fact check. We just ask the audience, and the audience says Seamus <laughs> is right. <laughs> the audience says, I'm right. This is a <laughs> so, popularity so that's contest. All, that's Let's all that face it. Yeah. I, I got no idea. I mean, I, I'm, not an, I'm not a finance guy, so mm -hmm. I just, uh, I'll defer to the cartoonist. <laughs> That's a brilliant strategy. <laughs> Look, if you can make a living making cartoons, you're good with money. That's all I'll say. <laughs> you, you can stretch, you can those stretch that dollar, dude. Wait, was that an anti-Semitic joke? What? No, it was an anti-me joke. Okay. <laughs> He's Irish. He's exactly, Irish white yeah. uh, no, no one here is panicking, though. Like, you're like, I'm kind I'm of panicking. worried about... <laughs> well, well, you got... Hold on. You got a house yeah. $50,000 cheaper right so, after the crash, so you, you get a break. Okay? But I might get, get a free house now, actually. Oh, well, that would be nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, what happens? Like the bank, the government bails out and the government owns your house? I have no idea what happens. What if Joe Biden no is just idea. like, we own your house. It's yeah. my house, man. You can't own a house. It's everyone's house, man. <laughs> oh, man. That's what he said about kids today. So it's not your children. It's the nation's children. <laughs> I was like, what? Excuse the me? The state owns your kids. You can't tell someone not to sniff your kid, man. It's, <laughs> we're all paying taxes for that hair. I don't think he said that. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. You fact check me. Ha have the chat fact check me on it, Tim. Uh, all right, chat. Did, <laughs> did Joe Biden actually say he's allowed to smell your kids? I'm, they're going to say he did. That was the spirit of what he said. That was, hold on. That was the spirit of what yeah, he you're said. reading between the lines. <laughs> First Republic Bank shares Splitting sink 49% after earnings report. I mean, like, the, the thing about this story is I can opine for days on, like, ABC News firing Nate Smith. Oh, I'm sorry, Nate Silver. And uh, BuzzFeed collapsing and Don Lemon getting fired and Tucker getting fired. But like the banking system collapsing, I'm kind of just like, well, I'm glad I bought Bitcoin or something. I don't know. It's like as a millennial who's lived through two major financial crises, I'm kind of not phased by banks falling apart and what that means. And especially considering, you know, I got chickens, so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not worried about Are anything. Are you confident in Bitcoin? Yeah. 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 Well, I'm more I mean, confident in the chickens, to be honest. I, that's true, though. I'm, I, I am more confident in the chickens. What do you make of the idea that, that crypto is actually the vehicle that's going to be used to bring in the CBDCs? I mean, it is. Literally, that's what they're doing. Like, crypt, the, this, the central bank digital currencies are crypto-based currencies that they're, they're making. The Bitcoin, of course, the precursor. But I've actually argued this for a while, that Bitcoin was the most convenient way to get anti-establishment conspiracy-type individuals to embrace global currency. Mm -hmm. You have people like Alex Jones being like, I want a one-world government with one currency, Amero, the euro. And then all of a sudden, around the time he's complaining about the Amero, an American single, a North American single currency, Bitcoin pops up. No one knows who made it. And then immediately it's all of these people who want to buy it. So it's like convince the one group of people who would reject a global currency to, to adopt the global currency. And you've won. You've, you've controlled opposition to your way through the, the barricade, you know? Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, and this is part of what is very confusing, right? I mean, conservatism doesn't have a solid definition or solid footing at the present moment. It's a little bit of we're just going to do the opposite of what the left is doing and a little bit of we're just going to do the opposite of what the establishment is doing. The idea of Bitcoin is certainly not a conservative idea, right? That's a very yeah. new, interesting, innovative idea. It doesn't make it a bad one. I think there could be value to it. But one conservatism is supposed to be about conserving. Yeah, I, right. I would say it's more libertarian. And it's not to say that conservatives can't have any thinking which overlaps with libertarianism. And it would be reasonable to say because this government is so horrible and does things so badly and is destroying our currency, it makes sense for conservatives to look into crypto. If that's the particular hedge they've chosen, this is not financial advice. But we have not. Yes. We don't have a cohesively defined movement. As much well, I guess we'll see what happens with these banks, and um, I'm not going to give anybody financial advice, but I'll just tell you I've I'm, I've already been looking at means of storing value elsewhere because yeah. with PNC closing, I think it was a 47 branches. That's very scary. Dude. You know? I mean, that's like I, that might be bigger news than a regional bank collapsing because PNC is a major bank. Mm -hmm. They're they're all over the East Coast. I'm, maybe 47 is not that many compared to how many branches they have. I guess it's an important question, but. All of this happening at once and kind of freaking. Well, the thing about Silicon Valley and First Republic is that they're like high-end banks for, you know, affluent people. They do like First Republic's main business is wealth management. So I don't know about wow. PNC because we don't, I don't think, I guess we do have it on the West Coast, but it's not very, very present. Is it? No, they're just like normal bank for normal people. That, yeah, right? they're like Wawa and stuff like that. Right, right. So I don't know what conclusions to draw from the fact that it's these like elite banks that are falling. But in Australia, they announced that some of their big banks are going to stop giving out cash. 
You go to the bank, and you're like, I'd like money. I'm like, you can't what? have it. Yep. Yeah. And the reason why is they said it's because everyone's using mobile apps. Mm-hmm. So nobody needs the physical location to withdraw cash anymore. You should go to an ATM, which is the precursor to your money only exists on the internet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then central bank digital currency. I've actually wondered many times what that what this means for panhandlers. You're gonna, nobody cares cash anymore, right? You're going to tap your card. You're going to walk up and go, boop. <laughs> and then they're going to be like, thank you, sir. And you're, like, yeah. They're going to hold out the keypad. Mm-hmm. And you're going to go, boop. And then you're going to type in the number. That's actually oh, wow. actually actually interesting. I wonder if like the, the global elites are trying to eliminate that kind of thing, panhandling. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you'll hand them a bottle of water or a sandwich. Well, mm-hmm. in my city, there are sometimes homeless people who have like a cash app thing out on their side. No. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's not, there's no way. No, I'm not kidding. Cash app. Yes. And yes. then people walk up with <laughs> their phones. Well, the and... thing is, like, there are a lot of homeless people who just have like really cheap smartphones nowadays. So they get so that saying, they'll, they'll get like a $20 phone from Cricket or something or whatever the inexpensive phone uh, you, provider about, is now. You're talking about down in Georgia? Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying I could go to a big city mm-hmm. and just sit in a lawn chair and put up a, a sign with a cash app and say, give me money. And then people will just send me money. Yeah. You look the role. <laughs> we should, you know, what we should do. We should put a cash app thing on on Timcast, like right down here in the corner, and just like speaking of cash, please app, give me your money. I know this isn't on the docket, but did you guys read this report? It was like a month ago or something about how Cash App and the entire what's the name of it? It's it's not Square anymore. It's like Cube or something like that. Whatever the company is, Jack Dorsey's company. I, I think it's still Square. Is it still Square? Yeah, Cube might be a different one. Okay, the the entire um, app is basically like. Most of its revenue comes from like sex trafficking, drug dealing, <laughs> oh my gun running. Yeah. Wait, it's wait, like Jack Dorsey's wait. What? What it is was this? like? It was a very exhaustive report about how wait, just wait. Cash App is just built straight up on black market activity. We have to make Cash App safe for the black market, which is why we're <laughs> banning all legal activity on Cash App. So wait, 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 Cash App. Where, where did you find this? It was this report that was issued that they took issue with, but the report was very detailed. I read a lot of it. Um, uh, it was exhaustive. I didn't read the whole thing. Because I've got Square shares. You know, I got a handful of them. Yeah, you should read that report. Oh. Yeah. I, it was like, I don't know, it was maybe like 10 years ago or something or eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Someone told me, this rich dude who lived in New York, I was hanging out with Max Kaiser and he was just like, you got to buy Square stock because everything's going digital transactions. And I was like, okay, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then I, I bought a little bit and then it, like went tenfold in value. I was like, wow. The other thing I remember in this report is that there's all these rappers who are straight up bragging about it in their raps. So they're like, they're like another thing that it, it funds is a lot of a, like, um, like hitmen are hired via cash app. And there's these rappers who like some of whom have been charged with murder after <laughs> say, after reciting these lyrics who are like, hit me on cash app. And they're talking about like doing hits on people. Oh my gosh. Cash app. So it's like, it's like in the, and then Jack Dorsey, I think I remember from this report at one point was like, in an interview, was talking about how grateful he is to all the the publicity he's gotten from these from these rappers. <laughs> oh my gosh! This is a guy who thinks that using the offensive pronouns for person on Twitter makes them unsafe, and he's like, "Come here's my murder app. Okay? <laughs> able to find somebody." So let's talk about somebody else who's losing money. Take this out from the post millennial Fox. Fox loses one billion dollars after parting ways with Tucker Carlson. The Fox Corporation stock plummeted as much as 5% on Monday, wiping out $930 million in market value following the announcement that Fox News had parted ways with Tucker Carlson. According to Business Insider, shares of the media company recovered slightly after. So it dropped, it ended up at like $29. The decision to part ways with Carlson announced less than a week after the Fox Corporation Dominion voting system, blah, blah, blah. Carlson was one of the network's most popular hosts, blah, blah, blah. You know, I saw some really interesting commentary from Glenn Greenwald. 
You want to know what he said? How come the left doesn't care about Hannity? How come the left doesn't complain about Hannity or Laura Ingram? And they, he said, it's because Tucker's the only one who was anti-war and anti-big pharma. Yeah. Yep. So the left went after him and completely ignores the safe GOP. And that's what Fox News wants to be. They don't want Tucker Carlson coming out here and saying these things. Yeah. They want yeah. someone to go on and just be like, big corporations are great. Everybody just do what the government says. Mm -hmm. Exactly. They would love that if Tucker went on and was like, the left wants you to think that these corporations are doing bad things to America. They're our best friends, actually. They do great things. You should really Pfizer good. and Moderna. Thank you. <laughs> um, but I, I sort of mentioned this yesterday that CNN is the network that tells you what you're supposed to believe. And then Fox is the network that tells you what you're allowed to believe. So <clears> if you <throat> don't want to buy into what CNN is saying, they'll push you over to Fox, and that's still within the realm of acceptable opinion, Control but Tucker's position. a little bridge too far. Yeah, he's a bridge yeah. a little too far for that. Bridge too far, man. Yeah. Yeah. And he actually says something. You know, how, cable news commentators, they're all buzzwords. Apparently now they got this thing, he, he launched this thing on his website where it's like you can text some number to like Tucker to 44 or something or whatever, and then they'll send you information on what he's planning to do or something like that. Wow. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like you'll get, a, you'll get notified when he announces his next big move or whatever. I think Tucker Carlson is going to end up making 100 million bucks a year off this oh, termination. Yeah. Fox, if Fox was paying him, I think they say, like if you Google it, it says his, sal his salary is 35 million. Imagine how much Fox needs mm -hmm. to make off of his show in order to pay him $35 million a year. And run Fox. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of crazy though. I mean, I don't, I don't understand how they pay. I think what Hannity gets like 60 million or some other ridiculous number. Hannity was getting paid more than Tucker. Oh yeah, easily. Really? I got well, he has seniority. Yeah, it does have seniority, but I imagine Tucker's a much bigger well, Tucker draw. Tucker also just network. wasn't bringing in a lot of advertising money. Ah, they, that makes sense. They all boycotted yeah. him. Yes. Well, according to the same website, Hannity was getting the sa a comparable salary. Mm. Good. Yeah, he was getting thirty-four million plus a five million bonus. I don't. I, I don't think I don't Hannity true. should make more than Tucker. Are you kidding me? Absolutely not. Yeah. But I, I don't trust these websites. Celebrity net worth as a salary is forty-five million. <laughs> I read somewhere that he was getting sixty million. This one says he gets twenty five million. These these websites are all fake. All the people doing these like end zone dances about Tucker being uh, fired from Fox. Like, didn't we just go through this a couple of years ago when Barry Weiss would left the New York Times and the same people were doing the same hmm. end zone dances? And then she went on to create the Free Press, which is like dwarfs any. Oh, and she's, she had she's as probably so New York rich Times. now. Absolutely. I you mean, know? She, I think she already comes from like a well-off family. Mm -hmm. And now the rich have gotten richer because the New York Times decided to unleash her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? So imagine Tucker Carlson. He's going to like 10x that, right? You got to make a video. You got to make a cartoon about like Tucker, Scrooge McDuck swimming in a <laughs> just getting a bunch ball. of money look i hope that's what happens i appreciate the optimism i'm seeing from a lot of conservatives on this part of my concern is you know i voiced this yesterday is that because fox tells people what is acceptable it was great to have tucker there to help shift that overton window and introduce a new audience to ideas that the rest of us are familiar with or have been reading up about online but that that audience wouldn't give credibility to seeing it on the internet as opposed to cable television uh, i certainly have no doubt that Tucker Carlson's going to be extremely successful. Mm -hmm. He's going to be fine. It's a question of, is his message going to spread as far and wide? I hope so. I'm not saying it won't. I'm just saying that having that platform was definitely very good for America. Having someone on cable television saying the things Tucker was saying was very good for America. I think they also had to pay out his contract. Meaning oh, if he wow. was getting, like, they can't just sever his contract. So I imagine they went to him and said, we're, we're terminating your show. And he was like, then you owe me $30 million for the rest of the year. And they went, okay. Had to cut him a check. Well, apparently they they he found out ten minutes before they made the announcement. So they had to have just paid him, right? Mm -hmm. Because you, unless they unless they're like 
This is the, this is the crazy thing about these contracts with these big with these big networks is they, they they give themselves like morality clauses to terminate you in violation of what the contract is supposed to do. It's like, hey, we're going to hire you for three years. We're going to pay you X amount of dollars for three years. Then buried in it says we can fire you for this specific reason. Then they just wait until they can justify whatever that reason is. And then mm. you're gone and they don't pay you for it. Mm-hmm. But I imagine they're paying Tucker. I imagine they just wrote a big, fat, eight-figure paycheck, Tucker Carlson. Mm-hmm. And uh, he doesn't have to work. What's he going to do? He's also, isn't, is Tucker Carlson like the heir to like the, he, the, the, the oh, Henry candy bar fortune or something? He, he married into the TV dinner fortune. Oh, he's, he's, yes. in, he, so his wife is the heir, heiress to Swanson mm-hmm. TV dinners. Something like that. Yeah, the O'Henry thing, that was a Seinfeld reference. Oh, well. Yeah. Did he I, have- But you're not well, old enough to understand no, Seinfeld. of course. Only 90s kids remember. That's right. Is that what you're telling me? Did he come right? from some kind of prominent <laughs> family himself? I'm not that? sure. I don't know. Uh, yeah, the, the Vanderbilts. Oh, wait, that's Anderson Cooper. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> snap. And then he got an, a summer internship at the CIA, which he abruptly left and then went to, uh, I think, Iraq to report on the Iraq war and then got a job working for the uh, for CNN. Anderson Cooper had a stint with CIA? I think a two-year, I think it was for two years, summer internship. Do you ever yeah. leave the CIA? No, you don't. Hey, well, there you go. <laughs> I was hanging out with Luke Bradkowski once and we were in, I think we were in Atlanta or something. And then he saw Anderson Cooper and he ran up and he was like, Anderson, Anderson. You work for the CIA, and then I was like, Luke, what are you? How would I, I? What are you doing? Like, what does that accomplish? And Anderson mm-hmm. was just like, "What are you talking about?" And like walked off. Because mm-hmm. the saying is, "Once CIA, always CIA." You know? Yeah. I mean, I think the way it works is that you're not. You might not be on the payroll, but you're an asset, right? There's like there's informal relationships. You might not even realize you're an asset, but you've mm-hmm. got relationships. They cultivate relationships in you. Then you know they maintain those relationships well i want want to ask the audience here we have this other story from post millennial subscribers ditch fox nation or tucker carlson Carlson leaves network quote just canceled my fox nation subscription no point in having it without tucker carlson originals is anybody who who watches this show subscribed to fox nation i did see comments in the i saw people chatting and like i canceled my fox nation subscription so there was some overlap well yeah maybe not anymore Maybe they all can't. Oh, I don't know. I'm just kind of thinking, like, why is all this happening at once? ABC News fired, Disney fired Nate Silver. Mm-hmm. Uh, BuzzFeed News shut down. Don Lemon. Don, yeah, Don Lemon's fired. Mm-hmm. Tucker Carlson's out. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like some coordinated thing. Is it, is it a global conspiracy? Are they trying to turn the frogs gay or something? Probably, yeah. That's got to be behind it at some point. That's, I mean, that's, I don't, I don't know exactly know how it twists and turns to get us to that point, but I think that's a safe bet. I mean, isn't this just kind of a reckoning like like these? I mean, both the legacy media and these new upstart media outlets that came out around like 2013 or so, you know, your vices and your BuzzFeeds and stuff. I mean, the legacy media has been on the deathbed for a long time. Mm-hmm. And those new those new Jack ones have, too. I mean, they've been like maybe a, they had a little bit of lead time over the over the cable news channels. But like. I mean, does anybody read BuzzFeed News? Like, does anybody? Yeah, yes, no, that's where I get all of my information. <laughs> BuzzFeed News. Yeah. I spoke with somebody earlier today who expressed some concerns of. Well, they they know a lot of people like within the Republican establishment who are sort of expressing some some concerns over whether or not the audience that Tucker had on on Fox is actually going to follow him to a smaller network or an independent network or any of his next projects. So maybe they're just tr- sort of trying to take him off the board again ahead of the twenty twenty four election. He's too big of a figure to, to cancel completely, mm-hmm. but the thinking is that some of the people who watched him on Fox may not follow him to any other platform and get the information that he was putting out. That's my yeah, that's my fear, and that's basically what I was saying but, yesterday. But, you know, basically, I think the basic conversation is that um, 
Brian Kilmeade is going to be a much more based version of Tucker Carlson. You know, everyone thinks Brian Kilmeade is uh, is the new Tucker. Yeah, that's what I keep hearing the kids say on Twitter.com. <laughs> it's actually, I, I guess it doesn't work. It's not funny because no one knows who Brian Kilmeade is, but right. yeah, he's not Tucker I mean, Carlson. Jesse Waters was the number two show, right? Yeah, I mean, why don't they put Jesse in that slot? Hmm. Yeah. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Yeah. Does anybody have a reason? I don't know. I couldn't tell you why they should or shouldn't. <laughs> they should uh, just not put anyone in that slot and just put dead air. Exactly. <laughs> and just and now a moment of silence <laughs> for the next hour. <laughs> for the next hour in in memory of Tucker Carlson, and then it just shows black and white pictures of him with sad piano music playing, and like Tucker Carlson year of birth to twenty twenty three. So that, that's what they're going to do to convince the audience. Like, no, he's dead. Don't follow him anywhere. <laughs> we never said he was dead. You can't take us to court. But they just mislead the audience into thinking he's dead so that they can effectively cancel him. So I guess the, we have this video from Ocasio-Cortez. I'll play for you. I'm sorry that I have to do this to you, but we'll play it anyway. <sighs> is there no sound? Out at Fox News. Here we go. Tucker Carlson is out at Fox News. Couldn't have happened to a better guy. Um, what I will say, though, is while I'm very glad that the person that is arguably responsible for the some of the largest driving some of the most uh, amounts of death threats and violent threats, not just to my office, but to plenty of people across the country, what? Um, I also her. kind of feel like... I'm like waiting for the cutscene at the end of a Marvel movie after all the credits have rolled. Wow. And then you see like the <laughs> wow. villain's like hand. Oh my gosh. Reemerge out to grip, grip over like the end of a building or something. But deplatforming works. No, and it, it is important. Remember when and Captain um, America deplatformed the Red Skull in Marvel? <laughs> it's just like Marvel, you guys. It's like the Avengers. A giant corrupt corporation fired him for speaking out against corporations and corporate these superheroes, bro. Oh my goodness. Oh what my I, what goodness. I, what I found fascinating about this is that she's celebrating an anti-war personality yes. being removed from a major corporate network. And she doesn't care at all about Hannity or Laura Ingram or any other other personalities. That's what I'm saying. You'd think she'd be able to see, okay, Tucker does have right-wing politics, and that's bad and scary. But you know what? Everyone else on Fox does as well, and Tucker is also anti-war, and he speaks out against corporate greed. But she is on the side of a lot of the corporations that he speaks out against, mm -hmm. so it's not convenient. And I don't really think she's all that Tucker Carlson. Who are we dealing with here? had that famous moment where he was doing the, the handoff with Hannity. And he was complaining about Amazon exploiting its workers mm -hmm. or something like yes, that. Yes, and him and Hannity argued. He's like, yeah, well, Hannity, some people mm -hmm. like the free market, Tucker. And he's like, oh, no, but he's <laughs> saying. And he talks more like this. Yeah. Some people want a good product from Amazon. They're allowed to buy it. And Tucker goes, <laughs> for those that are just listening, I made a face. So he's like, excuse me, idiot says what? He's like, what? And he's like, he just said he's an idiot. You heard it, America. And then Hannity goes, Tucker, you said what in order to say that I was saying what? And then Tucker was like, oops. It and then that's, that's what Tucker like was like, Screwed it out. Hard but, out I, but, right I, but in all seriousness, though, I think that was 
a, a moment where it was fairly obvious Tucker was mm -hmm. well, Tucker was getting the views and they liked it, but he was at odds with the with the GOP machine. I wonder if this play is more so because they want to get away from Trump and away from MAGA. Mm. Like people were saying, it's clearly about the Dominion lawsuit. It's like, well, Hannity and other personalities were talking a lot about the same thing too. And Tucker actually was rejecting the the the, the twenty twenty narrative from Trump. Yeah, and he got attacked for it by by uh, Trump supporters. That's what I'm so confused about. Like, like if it was about the if it was about the election, and why would they not have gotten rid of Maria Bartiromo? And yeah, she was way more into yeah. that. Yeah, it's could, he, not. could he just be the first domino? Mm, I mean, it it's would be domino. I got to be honest. It would be like the coolest thing ever if, like, within the next two weeks, every single Fox personality is fired except Sean Hannity. He's the only guy there. But he has to they fill all twenty-four hours. He's just like not sleeping anymore. <laughs> now he knows how the Amazon workers feel. He's just never sleeping, and he's like, Today's maybe there should be labor laws or something. I don't know. It's it's like, union. It's crazy. Union. Maybe I need a union or something. Today's twenty-four hour cycle is brought to you by Modafinil. Do you guys know what Modafinil is? No. It's what uh, snipers and astronauts take. It's a pill that makes you don't got to sleep. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I took it for... Yeah. It's like a narcolepsy drug in the 60s in France. I took that out from a brain injury, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think the brand name is Pro Vigil or something. And apparently, you don't got to sleep if you take it. How many times can you take it before you die? I honestly don't know. Like, I don't know enough about it. But, like, truckers do it illegally or something. Mm -hmm. But, like, it, astronauts and snipers actually use it. And you just stay awake. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I don't know, Serge. Do, do you know how long you can take it before dying? Uh, it's not that nice to take. It doesn't have, like, abuse potential. It makes you feel, like, terrible. Like, your skin gets super dry. So I wouldn't, you know, it's not a party drug. It's not like Adderall or anything like that. Like but, uh, yeah, not like not like meth. Um, I don't know. It would, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't imagine it take that much. You'd probably die pretty quick, actually. It's very strong. Wow. Good yeah. to know. Yeah. So what 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 is it? It's like for people who can't sleep properly, they have narcolepsy or whatever. Uh, yeah. If you have narcolepsy, it just uh, it keeps you awake during the daytime, so you don't fall <laughs> asleep while you're taking it. Basically, um, God, I don't know what it sucks. does. So well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Ocasio Cortez was celebrating the departure of Tucker Carlson, but one other institution was also celebrating the Pentagon. From Politico, good riddance. Pentagon officials cheer Tucker Carlson's ouster. It's just like Avengers. It's just so much like the Avengers because movies that I like. Hey, guys, this is like those movies I saw once about the superheroes. Which one? Uh, Were they Avenge? Uh, no, the boys. Where Homelander's oh Trump. Oh, my gosh. And he kills a protester and they cheer for it. I never <laughs> was, saw that. You didn't see the boys? Oh, okay, so spoiler, good. I guess. Yeah, so, dude, you ruined it. Uh, I really recommend the show because it's hilarious. But it's very obvious that, so it's basically like Justice League, Batman, Superman, etc. Mm -hmm. But they make the characters flawed or, or something yeah. like that. And Homelander, basically Superman, is Trump. And so he has rallies and stuff like that. And he's political. And it's, and it's like the show didn't start this way. But the crazy thing is, I'm pretty sure the character Stormfront, a literal Nazi, is Laura Loomer. Oh we, my talk, we, we talked about it before. <laughs> it makes I, sense. I, but, yeah. I'm not, but I'm not exaggerating. Like, I think they actually tried getting a character who looked like her. And made the character Stormfront and then were trying to like basically I don't think the show was directly making a statement about Laura Loomer. I think they were inspired by I the I mean she doesn't look like her. The character Stormfront? She's hot. What but the character looks like Laura Loomer. The character Stormfront. Like similar stature. The actress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So I and then they said, I think now we have we have uh, like the, the reporting is they actually uh were trying to base Homelander off Trump. But here's the thing, in the show Homelander at the end of the last season is like, he's got his song with him and he's at a rally and then some liberal throws a water bottle, hits his kid. 
then Homelander just laser beams him and blows him up or whatever. And then everyone cheers for it. And I'm like, I'm fairly certain that if Donald Trump did do something like that, people would not be cheering. Sorry, it's just not reality. No, you could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue. No and, and that's just, But like, if, if, if Donald Trump did go on Fifth Avenue with a gun and shot somebody, mm -hmm. Trump supporters would be like, what happened? Why did this happen? Mm -hmm. If Donald Trump went on a murderous rampage, people, <laughs> people would be like, yo, I don't know about all that. <laughs> But oh like the God. way the liberals view it is they make this TV show where Trump is basically Superman, which is also a weird insinuation to make. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. they think Trump is literally Superman and they don't like it. And then he kills a guy and they think Trump supporters are like, yay, mm -hmm. they live in a very, very strange, scary world. But yeah. anyway, before uh, Seamus got anyway, excited about the, superheroes. The, the point is, in an interview, AOC was asked about if America's heading for another civil war. And she's like, well, there's a part of history that's similar to this. Captain America, when him and Iron Man fought, and I'm sorry, I'm not going to let go of this. This is ridiculous. Elected leaders referencing Marvel movies. That's our common language now. This is the state religion. It's a bizarre pop cultural polytheism. And they look to these superheroes like it's their pantheon of gods, and it's extremely <laughs> embarrassing and pathetic. Their pantheon. <laughs> it is. Well, so the story is the Pentagon is also there with AOC. And my point was, AOC was supposed to be this insurgent character who was coming into the Democrat Party and being like, I am here for young people and we don't like the machine. And now she's like, woo, Pentagon, we're, mm -hmm. we're in this together. So, you know. Yeah, they're on the same team. It's, it's, it's Captain America. We came together. To be, to be fair, Captain America was a DOD project. Nuh-uh. Yeah, the, the U.S. government. No, that is true. No, I know. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's how it gets into their heads, right? It's very industrial uh -huh. military complex. Seamus, you gotta let it go. No, you're right. No, but here's a fun fact. You know, so before uh, World War II, superheroes usually just kind of like solved problems in their own communities in the comics. Like they would beat someone up who was doing bad things yeah. in their cities. And then it was during World War II that they started making all the comics about like the superhero saving the world. Hmm. Yeah, so the industrial military complex changed the narrative yeah, on superheroes. Yeah, industrial military yeah. complex? I don't know if, I'm not saying it was a concerted effort by the them. Military but the industrial complex? Military industrial complex, whatever we want to call it today, Tim. Uh, my point is just that the the um, war effort changed the way that people saw superheroes, which I find interesting. Yeah. And they're, they're, an int they're, they're a convenient propaganda tool, which and is now, why we're now in love with them again. They have, um, it was trending, I guess RT offered Tucker a job. Wow. Yeah, he, sh he should take it. Wait, you mean like within the last day? Yeah, I think that was the reporting. I mean, let me pull it up. And, and the left was like, this proves it. Let's check it out. Tucker Carlson offered jobs at... Uh, is it, uh, okay, let's get out of here with this stupid video. This Tucker Carlson is out piece? at Fox News, but welcome on Russian TV. The ousted anchor was offered work by the state-run news channel in Moscow that echo much of his conspiratorial rhetoric on the war in <laughs> Wait, Ukraine. Wait, what's the byline on this? Is it Ben uh, Collins? Patrick oh. Smith. Oh, Ben Almost. Collins. <laughs> <laughs> that dude once made up a fake story about me. What? Yeah, yeah, he made up a fake story. I can't remember exactly what it was, and then the Today Show ran it. <laughs> what was it? It was, um, I can't remember the exact story, but they included somebody, some leftist activist, this is my understanding of what happened, made a super, you know, you know how they have those activists who will take clips of you and then mash them together to make it seem like you said something different? Mm-hmm. But they're meant to be humorous, so it'd be like a weird colors. It's like someone made a video accusing me of saying a thing that was like out of context and combined with other things. And then he ran the story, and then it got picked up by a bunch of other outlets that ran it saying like, hey, you can't get mad at us. NBC News reported it. NBC News then removed the citation. So there's a, it created a dead citation. So a bunch of other media outlets 
we're all referencing each other, referencing something mm. with no source. Mm. That's how they play. That's that, that's how they play you the know, game. Ben Collins wrote a piece. I wish I could remember which piece it was. It was something about you know Russian disinformation and bots. That in the Twitter files, this Michael Schellenberger found found the email where they're like in the like Yoel Roth, the head of Trust and Safety, is calling bullshit on this story about Ben Collins. Like in the emails, he's like, "This is fraudulent. This is there's nothing here. This is complete propaganda." Um, that was Ben Collins' story. He hasn't retracted it yet. Well, I'm looking forward to the rest of the media collapsing. Yeah. The rest of the what? I'm the sorry. rest of the media. Oh, the rest of the, yeah. Absolutely. James, are you just daydreaming over there? I was I was thinking about the potatoes films, how much I love them. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about potatoes. I was thinking about the time you had a potato on the show while I was gone and <laughs> put my name on the title. That was great. <laughs> had a potato on the show. I'm suing. It's funny because we did that. They literally did that to me. They're bad friends. <laughs> yeah, we put a potato in that chair. And then we put we put Seamus in the title card and put a picture of the potato. <laughs> I it's mean, hilarious. I am curious about this though, right? So, what happens from here? Let's say all of traditional media collapses. Ooh, I mean, does the government and the deep state and the corporate world all give up and go? I guess we lost. I mean, no, we'll just they'll infiltrate social media because big tech already leans in their direction, like scrolls. The shape-shifting aliens from the Marvel That's movies. exactly... Yes, thank you so much. I mean, That's they, exactly what I was thinking. They already have that apparatus constructed in yeah. social media. That's what we've been reporting on in the, with the censorship industrial complex. I mean, they've got every platform, basically, except for Twitter at this point because of Elon Musk's takeover. So, like, yeah, if it reverts to social media... Not a problem for them, but but let me, but let me ask you about this: Is Elon being like? Do you have free reign? Are you able to just access the files, or is Elon like dripping them out to you and giving you selective no, information? No, no, definitely not the latter. We what how how it worked was we would go in there and then we would ask for searches. So we'd say do a search on you know this is an enormous trove of files. Um, so every email, every Slack message. So we'd have to say let's I want to see the emails from all the emails from. Uh, Vijay Gaddy between this date and this date, you know, say a five day span or something. And then they would go and run the search. They would go to another room and run the search. And the reason why they were doing this stuff in another room is because they were extremely paranoid about our seeing any user data because that's a serious liability for Twitter. Mm -hmm. So they had to do everything they could to make absolutely sure that what we were getting back was just internal stuff, nothing with user data. And then when they would come back with thousands of emails, thousands of Slack messages, depending upon what we're asking for, and then we'd spend days going going through them. So there was no way for, I've heard the accusations that they were like, cherry picking this stuff no. well i like what they're doing but i think elon needs to hire an internal liaison mm-hmm. basically they need to hire you directly for twitter so that you as an employee are able to see user data then you can choose to what to search for without limitation it's it's very very difficult to know what you don't know it's impossible to 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 to, to know what to look for if you don't know what exists yeah mm. and so a good component about going through these documents is going mm. to be just sifting through at random raw data and then finding threads mm-hmm. but without being able to access that system and peruse it you don't know what to search for so you're you so what's happening now is with the twitter files is i think you guys are scratching the surface yeah a lot of the information is damning but it's what we expect what about searching for something that no one thought to search for? You know like what I mean? What? I wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. That's the challenge. Mm-hmm. So like this is the, this is also also the issue with the Hunter Biden laptop. People don't know what to look for. Mm. So they've just it took them a year to find certain stories. We had stories from uh, the Daily Mail coming out exclusive Hunter Biden laptop reveals, you know, Joe Biden was involved in this deal. And like a year after the laptop came out because you have to go through, you know, 50,000 emails 
And you, and then you have to find the context. So there might be an email being like, hey, I confirmed that meeting with the big guy you asked about. Mm-hmm. Then you, you can't search for Joe Biden doing deals. You can't search for corruption. You can't search. You can search for the big guy. Then you can find an email being like, hey, we're on for tonight at 10 p.m. See you there. And then you're like, who's this guy? What is he doing? If you went to someone with a laptop and said, search for Joe Biden in the emails, you wouldn't find that one. But that one combined with another one proves he was involved in certain business dealings, mm. which is, you know, news that came out a year later. Right. So th- this is the challenge with the censorship stuff, because it's probably worse than we realize. How do we search through this stuff? So you go to them with the, with search criteria. How do you know that what you're getting back is the complete picture? How do you know it's all the information that's available when they hand you a, a little dossier of, let's say, 2,000 documents? How do you know it's not three or 4,000? Well, so first of all, it's important to know that like Elon, when we came into the Twitter files, Elon Musk had just taken over the company. He didn't know what was in these emails. You know, he hadn't he hadn't been there. The people running the searches were brought were people who were brought in from Tesla and SpaceX because he'd fired half the staff of Twitter, and later on he fired some more, and he replaced them with people from his other companies. And so they had no idea. Like they were like trying to hold this company together with duct tape and bubble gum while running these very time intensive searches for us. They didn't actually want to be helping us. They wanted to be doing their regular jobs, but this was kind of a task to them. Um, so so first of all, like nobody knew what was in there before we saw it. Um, I mean, maybe some old guard Twitter people, but all these folks were, were new, were just as fresh to this as we were. Um, and then it would be obvious if there was stuff missing because we would see email threads that would just suddenly end. But you know? you, did or you actually emails- see that? No, we saw no evidence of anything missing. Like we, like you would expect to see email threads starting with no, with nothing like out of the blue. And email is is, none of that. Is Elon still giving you access to all the files? Not at the present moment, but we hope to be back in. Why not? I don't know. I mean, he's Elon, right? But like, like, he was like, okay, guys, no more searching. Have a nice day. No, it was more like we did our searches. We did our reporting. Um, we're, we hope to be, to have an opportunity to go back in. That would did obviously be, be at his, at his invitation. We can't go in there without him. Um, and, uh, but that's not at this particular moment. Like we hope to be back in. Did you it. ask, uh, to search for Alex Jones? We did not do that search. That's an interesting one to do. But that's that's also part of my point. Like without being able to just get free reign, so much is limited. And the Alex Jones thing could prove collusion between the networks at the same time. Yeah. I mean, we did have free reign while we were in there and we hope to be back in there. But to your point, yeah, we would need to be I mean, in there I mean, like, for months. Here's a hard drive. Yeah. Start digging. You didn't have that. Well, no, but I don't know. I understand that, why. Yeah. I mean, well, it's a, first of all, because of the user data thing. Right. Um, and I don't think they can just separate that. Also, this is a massive amount of data. It's like we were running searches on it's all the emails, all the Slack messages at Twitter for years. You know, this is like it's not like you can just put it on an external hard drive. So the, the 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 Alex. So this is this is the, this is one of the issues I took with. Uh, I don't I don't blame Elon Musk for his selection in journalists. I think he actually did a really good job of choosing some people to bring on to go through this. It's the best he could have done, but there's probably a lot of people who should have been given. It was it was too. Um, I feel like the people he chose to go through this are in a similar political. That's space. true. Also, it's important to, to point out that he did not choose everybody who went in there. He chose basically he reached out to Barry and Matt Taibbi and then Barry brought in. Michael Schellenberger. Michael brought me in. I brought Lee Fong in. Um, uh, Matt had a team that he brought in. So he basically invited two people, and then they picked the rest of the people. So this this handpicked journalist. Man, and he's, is, he's like mad at Matt and Barry now, isn't he? 
He's not mad at Barry anymore. Oh, okay, um, that's good. He's cool with Barry. He's uh, there was a little flap, but it was just over her like tweeting something critical about his like picking on that employee or something. It was just nothing. Um, uh, Matt, yeah, he's Matt's not Matt. And, well, this has all been reported out. I'm not right, right, right. But yeah, they're. I they're think the mo- one, probably one of the most important searches after federal government involvement is Alex Jones, hmm. because that looked like a cascade. Yeah. Uh, it looked like a conspiracy mm-hmm. to to take one man off of all of these different platforms. I also wonder if Elon would be like, no, you can't search that one because he won't, he's like he's outright said he won't let Alex back on the platform. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, if he did, then we would report that out that he refused to. Is but there anything that you for. haven't been allowed to? No, query? nothing, nothing. Except for now that. that access is basically shut off. Yeah, but it's it's not no, it's not shut off. It's not so much. It's not like he said you can't come back in. It's just like we had our time, we did our reporting, and then we have to be kind of like invited back in, you know, it's not like we can't just walk in there. We don't have like passes that we can just use any time of the day. Um, so, you know, it's, I don't think we've been shut out. It's just, I think we'll be back in there is what I'll say. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. But, you know, speaking of conspiracies, like... This stuff, the Hunter Biden laptop stuff, it was just reported that that the origin of the uh, of the Russian disinfo Mm -hmm. meme came from the Biden campaign. And this has been reported by like two outlets. Like it's like this is a huge story that spells out a literal psyop like the like it's like all we put all these pieces together about how the Hunter Biden laptop story was. You know, the FBI had the computer. They had subpoenaed it. There was a receipt that those were both published in the New York Post. Uh, We knew. So the FBI definitely had the computer. And yet they were running around to these platforms saying, we think that there's going to be a uh, what appears to be a Russian hack and leak dump in a couple of days. This is just like within days of the New York Post story breaking, going to the to to the uh, platforms and warning them of a of a hack. For information that they knew to be true, assuming that they were talking about the Hunter Biden laptop, which seems like it'd be a big coincidence if they didn't. Then, meantime, in the meantime, um, the there was a the Atlantic Council had organized like a, a, a tabletop exercise a few weeks before the story dropped, where they invited like national security reporters from the New York Times, um, all these big wigs to to run a, a a tabletop exercise. What would happen if there was a Russian hack and leak operation um, intended to affect the election involving Hunter Biden? And then they all gamed out well we would suppress that and we would like call it disinformation so, and then if you, so all this stuff was already like and this has all been documented and it looked like a big you know big conspiracy and psyop and then we find out because jim jordan released this 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 letter that it was that tony blinken yep. had called michael morell the acting director of the c the former acting director of the cia and 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 um and didn't ask for but said, you know, we're very concerned about this New York Post story. And then Michael Morell went on to organize that. The, all those intelligence officers who, who signed that letter saying that this has all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation, which kicked off the entire thing of discrediting the story. And it, and it was at the behest of the Biden campaign. And this has now been reported, verified. Fucking nobody's talking about this. Yeah, we so we actually covered that on my podcast yesterday. Mm. And it's so insane that somebody from a 
presidential campaign could reach out to connections in our intelligence agencies to get them to fabricate a letter with the names of 50 different intelligence mm -hmm. officials on it saying that this is Russian disinformation. So now you have the added element of them blaming a foreign power yeah. for something which is unbelievably irresponsible so that they can try to get their candidate elected. And Trump is indicted because his campaign supposedly you know, paid off Stormy Daniels at his behest and they should have disclosed that. Like that's a greater example of corruption than the deep state operating at the behest of a member of a presidential campaign. Take, take, take a look at this. We got this story from Spiked. And uh, I always love to uh, give you guys the NewsGuard certification, 100 out of 100. <laughs> that's right. It is NewsGuard certified. And people are like, that's the government. So the government certified it. Would call it whatever you want. Joe Biden's sinister disinformation campaign. They say last week it was revealed that shortly before the 2020 election, Joe Biden's presidential campaign conspired with 51 former spies to discredit the New York Post discoveries from the Hunter Biden laptop. That is to say, a person running for office conspired with government officials to discredit a news story that could harm their campaign. And by the way, when Michael Morrell was asked under oath uh, why he did it, he said it was because he wanted Joe Biden to be elected. He just straight up said that. Because you can get away with it, right? It's a two-tier system. Yeah. They let you when you're famous. What's yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Oof. So, uh, well, there you go. Does this mean that the country doesn't exist or something? It means it's not our country anymore. Yeah. yeah, it's like being worn as a skin suit by a cult, creepy, yep. corrupt individuals, mm -hmm. just doing whatever they want. <clears throat> We're sitting here watching. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm, 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 uh, I'm doing all right with it. I think. Yeah. No, I'm doing all right with it. <laughs> Obviously, you know, talk about this a bit. My hope is is not in this world. I think we could still win this battle, though. No, uh, I think we're winning. I think it, I think it simply comes down to uh, the reason they're going after kids so much is because they know. That if they don't, they're done. 20 years from now, all these conservative kids are going to be like, I vote against you. And mm -hmm. they're not going to have kids because, you know, they sterilize and abort mm -hmm. them. So, you know. But also the thing is, if they do go after the kids and really normalize pedophilia, as they're clearly starting to do and gearing up to do, then there's no way for us to win. Like, we've once that is taken from you, once they win that, there's nothing. There's I, nothing I, 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 I just disagree. I mean, there's too much required to get to that point where... A conservative can't just move to the middle of nowhere and keep their kids away from this stuff. Yeah, but That's, the fact that you'd have to move to the middle of nowhere to get away from people trying to abuse your kids means you have lost the society. You actually can't do that now because now California and uh, I forget what other state, but another state as well, have passed laws. Washington. Was it Washington? The, was this, you're talking about the... Um, the um, sanctuary thing the so they pass yeah. they pass laws that if you're if you're in a marital dispute over your child transitioning one parent can take that child and go to california and then um and then the other and then that court that case will be adjudicated in california not in the state of the other parents so basically you can kidnap your kid mm -hmm. and then there was another law that was passed in california um, that was, I can't remember if it passed or if it's set to be passed, but that's basically instructing judges that when they hear these kinds of cases, essentially telling them to lean in favor of transitioning being in the welfare of the child. So in other words, you can move to wherever you want to, but if you're in the U.S. Um, and you have a dispute with your with your spouse over this, your spouse can just take your kid to California. So, so you don't we've, have we've that safe harbor. And yeah. 
there was also something else I saw the other day about, uh, I'd have to pull up the state again, but they just passed legislation saying that these shelters don't have to report runaways to their parent if yeah. they identify as trans, and that's why they've run away. Your kid can check into a residential rehab facility without the consent of their parents. It just takes like a social worker or a, or a psychologist saying, yeah, I think that this is in the kid's best interest. And undergo abortion services and yep. also gender transition hormone therapy. Uh, I don't know if surgery is included, but some hormone sex change procedures are uh, without the consent of either parent. Yeah. Well, and this is the new paradigm, right? Historically, our understanding was parents have the final say over what happens to their child. And if the government is going to get involved, they need to prove that they have a very good reason. They need to demonstrate that this child is being abused to the point where the state has to step in. Now it's the exact opposite. Right. The state has the final say over what your kid gets to do. The parent has to prove that they should have their concerns heard about their own child. The law in California that is just referred to, actually the law, the, the, the law was they took the existing statute which said that a kid can check into a residential rehab facility if Number one, a psychologist or social worker or something recommends it. And number two, that that kid has been abused or a victim of incest in the household. In those cases, the prior law was, in those cases, that kid could go to a residential rehab facility without the parent's consent. That's a good law. That yeah. makes sense, right? The new law just struck out the part about abuse or victim of incest. Well, they're going to say the parents are the abusers for not wanting to transition their kids. Because it's projection. Because it's projection. Because the left never says, we're not doing that, or what we're doing isn't as bad as what you think. They say, you're doing it. We're not abusing these kids. You're abusing these right. kids. Right. So it's state kidnapping. Yep. I mean, that's basically what it is. It's the state is allowed to kidnap your kid. So, like, I didn't watch the full video with what Biden said. I watched the little segment where he was talking about, you know, you're... You don't own your kids or whatever. So I, I don't want to speak to what, what, what the context was. I don't want to be surprised by what. But it is sort of like in the context of these laws that are being passed, I feel like like in the I've, I tweeted about this like 20 years ago, the religious right used to talk about how the left wanted to destroy the nuclear family. And at the time, I thought that was ridiculous and hyperbole. And it probably was ridiculous and hyperbole at the, at the time. But now it's like it's hard to it's like, well. That's actually what these laws amount to. They're saying that the parent shouldn't have, doesn't need to give consent, that the, that the biggest threats to the children come from the parents and that mm -hmm. the state and psychologists and social workers need to take custody of that kid to protect them from their parents. Yeah, we got, yeah, well, what we got did, sanctuary what, states now for sex change surgeries. Yep. What did Joe Biden just say today, Seamus? He said that you don't basically that you don't own your child the nation does. He's like it's not your kid, it's not someone else's kid, it's the nation's kid to paraphrase. What a creep. Yeah, it's extremely creepy. Yeah. I get to sniff. You can't tell me not to sniff their hair, man. I'm going to get those hairs in my nostrils. Um, but <laughs> I, I think to, to what you're saying, that it's probably true that your your average liberal person 20 years ago wasn't going about the revolutionary change that they were trying to instate by saying, I, I want to destroy the family. But all of the intellectual thought leaders of the left going back decades did openly say that that was their goal. True. I mean, yeah, the, the radical fringe of the left um, was definitely saying those things like the, the nuclear family is an oppressive structure, blah, 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 you know, and who cares, right? Because there's a radical fringe on the left, there's a radical fringe on the right, and they're all crazy. And we can just like ignore them for the most part. That used to be the case. Yeah. And now, I mean, so that's the difference, right? It was like normal, normie liberals, def and it's, it's remains the case that normie liberals don't want to destroy the nuclear family. But we are in a situation in which those radical fringe mo activists now 
are can't be ignored anymore because they 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 have power over state legislators and they have power over you know federal legislators arguably but certainly state legislators in California so now this stuff is becoming law and it's going to spread because they're they're what's happening on the left right now too is they're working with younger people to get them elected into these offices mm-hmm. uh, moms demand action some of the anti-gun organizations are working with 18 to 24 year olds to teach them and train them how to get into these positions so they can start changing the law from the inside Jesus. and expand in that agenda yeah welcome to the new country i guess yeah. i'm still confident that uh we're gonna win though i just i i just think it's math we can talk about all the things they want to do to kids and how they want to create these sanctuary states but the reality is if you keep your kids away from this this cultural influence they've lost so i i think part of what you're saying is that when people do the right thing and have good ideas and behave virtuously in the long run they win because people who are doing bad things and behaving in vicious ways end up eating themselves alive and their society collapses but if the rot spreads so far within your culture that it completely usurps it well then your entire civilization collapses before that good can eventually win out once people try to rebuild from the ashes. And I'm not saying that that's a guarantee here. What I am saying is I agree with you that in the long run, good wins, but that doesn't mean America is still around 100 years from now. America will be around. It just won't be the same. And I'm not saying that there won't be a collapse, a long fall or a Mm -hmm. civil war or whatever. I know you're not saying there won't be a civil war. Yeah, the right's going to win. It's basically, there's like historical precedents very rarely do the the i mean let's put it this way the left they aren't anti-gun liberals are anti-gun yeah the left likes guns but you still can't compare compare a soy boy to like a military veteran and the left likes to show these big fat militia guys and they're like haha like that guy could go toe-to-toe with the national guardsman and it's like dude the National Guard would be split the same as any other part, part of this yeah. country. And I got I got I got news for these guys. The big fat militia guy probably is still better trained with a gun than a soy boy. Yeah. And someone like leftist Antifa guy. The left has the John Brown Gun Club and like a bunch of these, you know, the, the, what is it? The Socialist Rifle Association or whatever. Right. And those guys are probably a lot better with weapons. But that big fat militia guy is going to be better than the average thin scrawny vegan soy boy dude i mean isn't it really hyper polarizing though just to see these two distinct these distinct individuals these stereotypes on the right you have the stereotype of the morbidly obese militia guy and on the left you have the gaunt and frail antifa guy <laughs> isn't it kind of weird maybe it's something to do with being vegan <laughs> no offense to vegans i got no beef i'm just saying you know a lot of vegans aren't getting enough protein they don't got no beef either bro <laughs> quite literally no yeah, beef yeah. no beef yeah so i, I don't know long story short I just don't see how the left can possibly win if they don't have kids. I mean, one thing to pay attention to is that a lot of the stuff with the trans stuff, and I want to stipulate this by saying I do not have a problem with adults transitioning. Don't care. That's fine. Do what you want to. It's the the, the kids who who, I, who concerns me. But a lot of the it's the the bluest cities in the bluest states where a lot of this where the most affirming is happening, both not just at the medical level, but also in the schools and just in the general culture. So it's parents of kids who are gender questioning or whatever in those in your in your Brooklyn's and in your San Francisco's who are coming face to face with the stark reality of 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 how 
deep and pervasive this stuff is and they're getting red pilled like when they mm-hmm. see this happening to their own kid their kid is questioning they're supportive right they're like yep. being super supportive they know the right things to do but then they go to the 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 therapist and their therapist is like oh well your kid is definitely trans and we need to put him on hormones and they're like wait well what you can have yeah, a trans there, there kid or a, a dead kid they emotionally blackmail right. these people a, mutilate your kid and they or, might go further yeah. even but then the kid starts regret it and then it becomes this whole mess and then the parents are studying this stuff along the way they're they're looking right. up you know these are like you know these are like you know uh, upper middle class laptop class mm-hmm. people they're yeah. looking up the medical studies they're reading the medical studies they're realizing that there's actually no medical mm-hmm. basis to the claim that yep. poor, that puberty blockers are reversible there all that a, stuff and then they start to question everything and that yeah. up to 95 percent of dysphoric people yeah. grow out of it in puberty right there That's was a story true. about a family who said that they're they were very leftist very pro-trans very supportive until one day their son came out and said he was trans and they were like what that's no you're not and so they started talking like to him and to each other like you have no symptoms of this you've don't show nothing of this why are why are you saying this when they brought the kid into counselors and stuff the counselor said no he no he's definitely trans and then they said these things aren't true though basically like the kid was saying oh yeah i used to do this i used to do that i used to do this and the parents were like no no no, that's not true yeah and they were like you're just denying your your son's lived experience and all of these things and this, the, the family then basically said, we realized a lot of this stuff was being pushed on our kid who was just trying to fit in and going along with it. And it was freaky to see the whole machine pushing in this direction Yeah, to make your kid and be b- this way. By the way, a huge proportion of those kids are autistic as well. Right. This came they out don't with the know, Talistock stuff. They don't know how to, uh, to fit in socially. Right. And right. so when someone says this is what's socially acceptable, they just agree. Right. It's easy to blame all your problems. You know, you're, if you were abused, you have trauma, whatever. Um, you have other mental disorders, all this stuff. And it's, it's like somebody comes with you with a solution. They're like, oh, well, all of this is a clear sign of gender dysphoria. And all you have to do is take this drug and everything will be okay. That's just a very seductive proposition to there, a kid who's... Let's, let's, let's jump to this story, actually. And then we'll, we'll carry on this conversation because uh, this is, this is uh, epic. We have this from the Daily Mail. Bud Light's hangover gets worse. Rival Coors Light and Miller Light sales spike 18% in wake of Dylan Mulvaney debacle. Check this out. Between April 2nd and April 15th, overall volume of sales of Bud Light at bars and restaurants dropped by 34.7%. Can I get a holy crap? That's massive. (laughs) So the boycott's certainly working. And I don't know what it is, but I mean, I, I I should put it this way. I have an idea of what I think it is. I think what they basically did was they came out and said that Aunt, that Bud Light is the beer for effeminate millennials. Mm-hmm. And so all of these, you know, middle-aged guys was like, I don't drink that. I don't, I don't drink Bud Light. Mm-hmm. Bud Light already had a bad reputation for being like piss water. Yeah. And, but, you know, who cares? If you're at a bar and you're like, ah, I just want to get drunk. But now it's piss water that's associated with being effeminate and being, you know, kind of uncool. They've effectively made their brand not cool. And so now you've got middle-aged dudes being like, I don't, I don't drink that. Don't look at me. Yeah. Right. I think it's also just like people don't want this stuff politicized, right? It's like it's the same with the NBA or, you know, the whatever. It's like people just like, they're like, get, they, they, give me a break, right? Let me drink my beer. Let me watch my basketball game without being pushed with a political message, whether whichever but I, side but it comes I, but from, I think although that, it only comes from one side. I think that only goes so far because mm-hmm. we've seen that with a lot of things video games people are still willing, willing to play a video game that gets politicized if they're like yeah okay fine whatever people are still willing to watch certain tv shows that are like m- moderately woke to a certain degree so long as it's not that in your face right but when it comes to beer i think what they did was they just made the beer they they got a very effeminate individual don't move any to sponsor it and that's the image associated with it now yeah well so if you are a bud light drinker it's you know it's like does some 40-year-old dude at a ball game want to be 
seen as like a dude at a nightclub with a frilly pink dress? Probably not. Yeah, you, you made a point a moment ago about how people will watch something on television even though it's woke because they find it entertaining. Part of the difference is you advertise the things you consume in terms of food or beverage differently than you advertise what you see on TV. You can kind of have a TV show that other people don't know you watch and so you're watching something right. a little more woke right. or people wouldn't expect from you. <laughs> but if watch. that's the, yeah, like if that's the beer you order at the bar or even if you want to drink that beer in secret, like... It's in your fridge, dude. Shameless Someone can open it and see. Reruns of Will and Grace. Just that's all my day. favorite show ever. Of funny course, show. <laughs> <laughs> it is a funny show. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you're right. Out in public, you have to. I disavow. By the way, I don't watch Will and Grace. Tim, Tim is once again smearing me because Luke was in his DMs crying about the fact that I'm stealing his thunder, and so I'm competition that has to be taken <laughs> out. But anyway, anyway. What was I talking? I totally lost my train of thought because you were talking about potatoes or something. I'm sorry. That is, un see, this is like the kind of racism <laughs> I have to tolerate every single time I'm here. Uh, you were talking about the fact that we, we were just talking about how people can hide the media that they, they can Right. When you're out they, in public and yeah. you're drinking a Bud Light, you're making a political statement now. Do you mm -hmm. think how, like, I guess, I feel like you have to ask this about every story now. Like, how much of this stuff is pervaded? regular oh this has this has, it has for sure it's not just like i have people Twitter. asking me about it when i'm at the casinos or whatever really like i'm at a poker table and people are like yeah what's up with that thing that was weird like i'm not gonna drink that and then there was one uh where you know they have like the the, the lady will come around asking for drinks and then someone made a crack like not a bud light and then everybody chuckles <laughs> and i'm like man like people know this well you know it's funny it used to be that people would be like i mean people used to ask the question or i still ask the question that i just asked which is like is this just for the terminally online or, or normie's getting this and actually we're in an age where everybody's terminally online so yeah, it's so true if, if it's pervading your bubble it's pervading a lot of people's bubbles but even so i mean your average person you don't need to be terminally online to say why is this guy in a in a dress and makeup on my beer and when you talk to a lot of people at the casino or just in general i can't speak to your casino experience but you ask them how did you feel about that bud light thing or do you support dylan mulvaney you know maybe if they're more online like we are more into politics they'll sort of launch into their explanation of why it's bad for the culture but your average person just like no, I don't support that. What? Well, that's weird. But I just don't like it. But they won't the give you. Can, right? They're not selling those ones. No, no, no. not anymore. No, no right. they were never selling it. Right. Oh. And right. so what? What the left said was, "Oh, it's all over one commemorative can that wasn't for sale." But it's not. Dylan Mulvaney had a video where he had a stack of beer cans and was smiling and being like, "Look, drink this stuff." And then I don't even know what March Madness is. So it's like. You are insulting your 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 core market. Oh, totally. And then the VP came out and she was like, we don't like this frat humor and we want to change our audience. And it's so it's not only so that's the thing I see. I see more than just Don Mulvaney. I see they came out and actually spat in the face of their audience. And now the fact that they fired. I'm sorry, I should say the fact they put two VPs, two executives on leave from their marketing team without actually apologizing is they're probably going to the shareholders being like, don't worry, we got rid of these people. But they hate you, their former customer, so much, mm -hmm. they won't just apologize. Nobody asked them yeah. to put anybody on leave. Yeah. I did not come on the show and say, I demand they remove and fire this woman. I said, just say we're sorry for sponsoring Del Mulvaney. We didn't mean to, to be divisive and to upset anybody. And they were like, no, nah, we're not going to do that. We're going to quietly remove these people to save our stock because that's what really matters. And then we're going to say nothing to you and hope you just forget about it. Yeah, I mean, they were looking for a, a class of consumer that was higher status in their view. You know, frat guys, they're they're embodying toxic masculinity and they're bigoted. There's just all sorts of baggage tied up with anything that's involved with fraternity or manhood. Uh, and 
of course, Dylan Mulvaney. It's new, trendy, and supportive of transgenderism, which is the most trendy thing on the planet right now. And those people are just better than you. And that's why we want their money and not yours. That's right. Because we here at Bud Light are better than you. And we know it. Exactly. And we need better customers. No, they know that they screwed up. Yeah. But I think I'm at the point where I was saying this earlier, that if they don't issue a formal apology by this week, and I'm not saying to fire anybody. I'm not saying to write a 500-page manifesto. I'm saying outright just be like, <laughs> manifesto. <laughs> we are we are sorry for sponsoring Dylan Mulvaney. We we hope to retain you as customers. We apologize for for a divisive ad. You know, thank you and have a nice day. I'd be like, okay, that's it. That's fine. That's I, all. That's it's, that's it. I think a lot of people wouldn't though. If they, I think there is really like a bad taste that's been left in people's mouths. Really at this like, point, not, that's what I'm I saying. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying at this point, their unwillingness to actually just be like, hey, our bad. We didn't mean to to sponsor this person. We didn't know you get pissed off. We we did not realize who this person was. We won't do it again. Their unwillingness to say anything close to that says to me, they literally don't care about you and they don't care if they get you back. So I'm like, at this point, I'm not a Bud Light guy. I'm not an Anheuser guy. I actually really like Modelo, but I don't drink a whole lot. But I will, I will have no problem saying I will never forgive the company if, if they've gone this far without just being like, hey, we're sorry about this. Mm -hmm. So what I would like to say is I will never buy another Bud Light again if they don't apologize this week. But I really don't buy Bud Light, so it's kind of meaningless. Yeah. I will say this. The events we're doing, we did this in Texas. We pulled all Anheuser products from the show. Good for you. So anybody who came in, they could not buy it. Not that anyone wanted to. We were making fun of Bud Light the whole time. What do you think the insult is to the consumers exactly? Is it that it's, it's kind of that it's kind of a troll and saying the like consumers kind of condescending? The consumers got mad. Mm -hmm. They said, "Hey, we're upset about this." So Bud Light goes, "I got an idea. Let's ignore them." Mm -hmm. Then the boycott persisted over the holiday week, holiday weekend, and the pundits were like, "Whoa, this is crazy. Conservatives don't normally do this." So then Bud Light was like, "Let's keep ignoring them." Mm -hmm. Then on Friday they came out and said, "We don't like to be divisive." Thank you. And everyone's like, what, what is this statement? It's nothing. Then they put out a commercial about a, a horse running through America and it right, runs to New York down. to never forget 9-11. And it, it was insulting <laughs> to do. I started getting Budweiser ads and I'm like, what is this? Just Pandering. say sorry. Yeah. So now what's insulting is they keep doing these things without apologizing as if we're too stupid mm -hmm. to realize what we're upset about. And instead of apologizing, they put two marketing exe execs on leave that only assuages the fears of shareholders and not customers. And now we're going on to week three without them saying, sorry about that, guys. Mm -hmm. They're clearly at a point where they're like, if we lose this customer base, so be it. F them. Mm -hmm. The thing is that, well, I can understand why Bud Light drinkers would be insulted by the, by the company. Dylan Mulvaney himself, I'm just going to say himself, is... Um, is just this walking insult to half the population yeah. of the country of women, but also he's just trans like this, people, like, and also trans people. Absolutely, he's a he's a he's a parody of trans people. Yep, and he is like he's it's, like think if you did this, he's like a jigaboo for women. People, like, it's like it's like is that the right word? Like he's just like a he's like this this the equivalent of a racist. It's character. like a modern day minstrel show. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. But but it's and people say it's woman face. I think Del Mulvaney is doing trans face. Right. I think it, it's, yeah. I, I don't draw, I guess I don't draw a distinction between the two, but. No, I, there is, there, there is. And I, I know everyone's heard me say it, but I'll, I'll explain it just mm -hmm. for, for your sake, Seamus, and for those that may not have heard it. People with gender dysphoria don't sing about their bulges to 10 million people. They, people with gender dysphoria feel anxiety, and that's what gender dysphoria is. Their, mm -hmm. their, their body gives them anxiety. 
Could you imagine an anorexic person making a video being like, look how fat I am. Look how fat I am and squeezing their rolls. No, that gives them anxiety. They, they don't want to be fat. Dylan Mulvaney is the opposite of what you'd actually expect from a person suffering gender dysphoria, singing songs about his bulge. Right. What he's done is he's capitalized on the algorithm. He's exploited the left who will support this to no end to create a mockery of trans people and women and then get corporate protection and sponsorship to do it. Yeah, it, it's, it's really remarkable where we're he's at. He's actually literally a transphobe. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I, mean, I, mean, I think I, I don't know if he has I'm not saying that he has contempt for trans people, but I'm saying that the character that he plays is hateful to trans people. Right. Like that's like the you were impact, saying, like, even if it's not the yes, intent. Right. Like a minstrel show. And I think he's I mean, yeah, I think his intent is he's a theater kid who found a shtick that's making him rich and getting a lot of attention. I don't think it's any more complicated than that. Yep. You know, and Dylan Mulvaney has not posted since the controversy started. So we're now going into week three of no posts from Dylan Mulvaney. And I've said this the other day. The people who who are in Dylan's life, family members over, need to give him an intervention and be like, stop this. Mm -hmm. It's going too far. You know, they're, they're, like I mentioned this the other day, there are trans YouTubers pointing out that Dylan's not doing things typically associated with being trans, doesn't appear to be taking estrogen, doesn't appear to be getting actual uh, uh, feminization. Mm -hmm. Like, so Dylan got facial surgery, mm -hmm. but people are pointing out not laser hair removal, which is the cheaper and faster procedure, but permanent. Mm -hmm. And so the, the insinuation is Dylan expects this to run its course at some point. Absolutely. And then it'll be on to the next thing. Right. And yeah. then Dylan will just be a detransitioner. Yeah. Or, or just, you know, whatever. Yeah. And Budweiser will have made their bed and they're there. I, I, I honestly think there's no way Budweiser gets out of this. Mm -hmm. They tried doing the Clydesdale commercial to be like, we're patriotic and we love America, but they already have yeah. become the brand. Are of you Dylan telling Mulvaney. me that in addition to the bank industry failing and the entire media <laughs> failing, <laughs> Bud Budweiser is going to fail well, too? Well, I don't know about it's, failing. It's I'm just so... saying their brand is this now. <laughs> it, they're, they're the brand of pride parades and things like that. Yeah. And I don't care about that, but there's going to be a lot of middle-aged dudes, dudes who don't want to be that. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. it's like, why, why do people dress a certain way? Why do people choose to wear certain clothes? They want to portray an image to other people. Social acceptance is extremely important to people. So for a suburban middle-class dad who wants to be seen as a strong man around his friends, who doesn't want to be seen as weak, pathetic, and effeminate, he ain't drinking Bud Light anymore. Mm -hmm. Probably never again. The thing I would take issue with the way you described it before, though, or the thing that I think is just a little bit outdated is that the idea that you're right, that he's... Perform his performance is completely at odds with the idea of somebody with actual gender dysphoria. But the discourse has moved on to a point where you don't have to have gender dysphoria. That's not, in fact, it's considered insulting by yes. some trans activists to insist that somebody needs to have gender dysphoria to be trans because it, it's become it's gone from a what was considered a mental disorder to what was considered just kind of like a, a, a condition that you need that you could be treated for and healed from. To essentially a lifestyle choice. Yes. Right? It's like you just choose. And so Dill Mulvaney is a, is a very good portrayal of that. 
Mm-hmm. Just you, all you have to do is announce it. Well, it, part of the utility of gender dysphoria for the transgender movement in that label is it also did place a pathology on it that a person could be suffering with and trying to escape, whereas the view of them as autogynephiliacs, for example, which many of them are, who knows how you can quantify it, but which is right. just a person who's Leo sexually aroused by them. the thought of them being mm-hmm. themselves as the opposite sex, is something people are far less comfortable with. Because don't don't then, forget the AAP as well. Hmm? The AAP, autoandrophiles. Oh, and yes, 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 exactly, which is the, the female variant, right. a woman who's aroused conceptualizing <clears throat> herself as a man, because then what you have to admit is that you are being forced to participate in someone else's sexual fetish. Which is a lot so, of which it. Which is a lot harder to justify to the public in the short term. Now, in the long run, if they really do continue to win the culture war in the ways that they have, and we don't keep pushing back, they're eventually just going to start openly admitting, yes, there is autogynephilia and autoandrophilia. And they that's already are. O- that, and that's okay, and you should still be forced to participate in their fetish. That's right. what uh, I think the Leah Thomas controversy was, mm-hmm. the, the NCAA swimmer, the male, was apparently posting things on social media about being, was AGP, they call it, mm-hmm. which is to imply that this this individual is being excited, mm-hmm. in a matter of speaking, by forcing other people to participate in this in this fantasy. Mm-hmm. Wow. Exactly, which is at the very least something we would have called sexual harassment several right. years ago. Saying I'm going to go into the women's locker room and force them to say that I'm a woman because that gets me off. That's predatory in and of itself. It's not a question of is this person going to physically assault someone while they're in there. It's, you're already forcing them to engage in sexual re- fantasy and role play with you. Let's let's do a hard segue here because I have this story from TimCast.com. Georgia DA puts police on heightened security amid potential midsummer indictment of Trump. Multiple legal experts believe she will follow through with criminal charges and uh, I think so. But the story was written by Adrian Norman so I'll throw it to you. What's going on? Ooh, uh, what's going on is the uh, continuation of the, what, five-year-now saga we have of the Get Trump Mafia who are looking at any other way to try to get this guy and stop him from returning back to the White House. I mean, we got the case in New York um, with... Uh, uh, Alvin Bragg. Sh- Alvin Bragg, yeah. Uh, we've got the special prosecutor in D.C. who's after him, and now we've got uh, you know Fannie Willis in, in Georgia, and I think they're trying to throw a bunch of stuff to the wall and see what sticks. And the, and the federal indictment now where they got his Secret Service testifying against them. So we're looking at, was it three? But it's probably going to be more. We got- uh, At least three. Yeah, New York, Federal, and Georgia. They are going to uh, indict Trump. And then I guess my question for the panel is, do you think Trump gets convicted in any of these jurisdictions? The Georgia one is over the, I hope- Like the interference or whatever? Thing? The, yeah, the 2020 election when he was right. on the phone with uh, state right. officials saying, hey, can you find votes? So that Which is was- a much, much, much more serious case than this- garbage in new york absolutely yeah. there they're trying to hit him with rico charges right wow um, yeah yeah it's pretty pretty serious stuff and, and again it's uh i mean if you follow the case at all you know it's very clear that he wasn't intent on uh, engaging in any sort of fraud but they had thought that fraud had occurred because there were so many anomalies and problems that occurred in the election and so many questions that were raised but obviously you know one of trump's greatest flaws and this has been the case since he ran for office is that he's very imprecise mm. and he says things that are allow you to easily misinterpret what his actual intent is in or intentionally. Well, yeah, pull out of context. <laughs> so, you know, in his pursuit for for what was really a sort of a righteous cause and saying, hey, you know, we think that there was a mistake that was made with a certain number of votes. Find out what's true, what's not. They're misinterpreting the entire tenant of his phone call. Uh, his team's investigation to frame it as though he was trying to rig the outcome of the election when he wasn't. He was simply trying to discover whether or not election fraud had actually but, occurred. But I don't think that that matters. I think they will make up any reason to go after him. 
the mm-hmm. the documents thing, New York, New York, they're going to convict him. That I just I do not see a New York jury acquitting Donald Trump. I don't, and and this is going to be in Georgia, but it's probably going to be in a more urban district. I imagine when they bring him down, I don't know how he's going to uh, what, what he's going if he's going to try and uh, you know make some argument for a separate ven- a different venue in the state or something that's more favorable, which makes no sense. And then you also have the uh, E. Jean Carroll thing, where I guess Trump didn't show up. Is that what happened? Do you guys were you following that? Mm. No. All I saw was that there were people were tweeting Trump's a no show at the E. Jean Carroll uh, case. She's accusing him of rape from like 50 years ago or something. Mm. And yep, they got it in the courts. I, I got this. You guys might not agree with this. This might make me unpopular, but I do think that he was looking for votes. I mean, I do think that he was trying to 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 look for, um, you know, I think he was trying to pressure um, the state to throw the election to him. But, so well, that's why it, I think well, it's a much how? more serious case. But, I mean, I don't I don't I, I, I will like plead ignorance that it's not something that I followed very closely. I just know the top lines like everybody else. It just it just it just it's. Well, how do you find votes? What does it even mean? Like well, in the worst I, possible interpretation. I don't know that he had a specific plan for what he was trying to ask of them. I think he was just trying to exert his influence and say, do what you need to do. You're the secretary of state. Do what you need to do to, you know, do what you need to do. And I don't want to I don't want to know what it is, is basically what he's saying. But you're going to find the votes to deliver George to me. That's what I think he was trying to communicate. But. You reported this out. Well, so I mean, not... we have the uh, we have the full transcript mm-hmm. of of the call, mm-hmm. so we know exactly what mm-hmm. was said. And again, it, it's one of those things where Trump is Trump. He says some things that oftentimes can be misinterpreted. And I think that's what happened. And you have liberal media establishments that run with these narratives, and the truth makes it around the world before the excuse me, the lie, lie makes it around the world before the truth has boots on. Mm-hmm. And I think there were so many stories that were being pushed through the mainstream media um, regarding this particular story that framed it in a certain way. It didn't even matter what the truth was at that point. Yeah. Get the transcript up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to try and uh, see if I can. Uh, What is this? Um, Trump says, thank you very much. Hello, Brad and Ryan, blah, blah, blah. We're getting 25 to 30,000 people at a rally. We have a number of things. We have at least two or three, anywhere from 250 to 300,000 ballots were dropped mysteriously into the rolls. Much of that had to do with Fulton County, which hasn't been checked. We think that if you check the signatures, a real check of the signatures going back to Fulton County, you'll find at least a couple hundred thousand forged signatures of people who have been forged. And we are quite sure that's going to happen. But I mean, that is that is just Trump's speculation. He was wanting them to go and look for it. So like in in that context, I'd say this. If Trump was like, Hey, do a signature verification because I, I bet those are no good signatures. Is that trying to swing an election? No, but I don't think that he would personally make that phone call, right? Like the president of the United States is calling and saying, hey, we've got this report. Like you would run that through somebody else if that was seriously your goal. It just seems like a personal phone call from the president saying, this is fishy and I want you to act yeah, on it. He's the president. You think he's going to try to swing an election when everything he's doing is recorded and he's in a room full of advisors? But but it's not just that. I mean, what he's what he's saying right here is maybe oh, over, yeah. <laughs> if, if if let's just remove it from Trump. If an individual says, I believe there was impropriety here and I and I, and I think you should allow us to check for it. Is is that above board or, or you know, nefarious? the problem is that like we could. You know, this would be like how it would go in a courtroom where we would be parsing these words and trying to figure out the literal meaning and discern the intent from actual evidence, which is how you should litigate. But like, really, this is an exercise just right here in mind reading, right? We like, Mm -hmm. we have no idea, but my, so it's totally intuitive. But so here's the, let me, let me read you the full quote from Donald Trump. And And I'll stress too, I think he's wrong about the fraud narrative. 
Um, I do think there's issues with, you know, in Time Magazine, they wrote the shadow campaign. You see the article, the shadow campaign yeah. to save the election. Yep. They, they wrote what they did and how they did yeah. it. It was procedural. It was through government. It right. was with deals over a year. And it was shutting down entertainment, which resulted in a mass amount of mail-in ballots. Then I think the, the question is, if, 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 if uh, how, how do I phrase this? People are saying it's fraud when in reality it may be just like lower standards, mm-hmm. meaning ballots came in through, through mail-in voting and they were just like, this one's probably fine. Yeah. As opposed to in the past, they'd be like, we're going to scrutinize the signature. So this is what Trump said. He says, um, let me see. I might have to read more because, well, whatever. He says, you're going to find that they are, which is totally illegal, is more illegal for, for you than it is for them because you know what they did and you're not reporting it. That's criminal. That's a criminal offense. And you can't let that happen, blah, blah, blah. He says, and they were moving machinery and they're moving it as fast as they can, both of which are criminal fines. And you can't let it happen. And you are letting it happen. You know, I mean... I'm notifying you that you're letting it happen. So look, all I want to do is this. I just want to find 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have because we won the state. And flipping the state is a great testament to our country because, because you know, this is a testament that they can admit to a mistake or whatever. You want to call it if it was a mistake. I don't know. A lot of, think- a lot of people think it wasn't a mistake. It was much more criminal than that. But it's a big problem in Georgia. And it's not a problem that's going away. I mean, you know, it's not a problem that's going away. So... This one snippet in context is Trump saying, I believe there was criminal action in your state and I want you to actually have an investigation of it. And they just said no to him. And he says, look, I'm just saying we need to I want to find 11,000. The context that I see there is, for one, I think Trump pushing the criminal thing was a was 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 like a heavy handed threat. Claiming fraud was to try and scare them into actually doing it. Mm -hmm. But. Trump is basically saying to them, I believe there are uh, ballots with bad signatures. I believe that if you investigate, you will see hundreds of thousands. And I just need to find 11,780 of them to win. I mean, it's possible that it's both of what we're describing because he could have truly believed that he won the state and he could have truly believed that there was fraud. But the way he went about but he, but he also was single-mindedly focused on flipping the state, which he says in the statement, and he's leaning on the Secretary of State in a very, totally inappropriate way, saying, Get, in light of all this, do what you need to do to deliver the election to me, because I deserve it, because I actually want it. I mean, it's well, let, let, let's say well, that— there's, there's, let, just let no, me, there's no reason to get any more votes than you actually need to win. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that's, that's actually a legal standard. Mm-hmm. So, so when it comes to these lawsuits, one of the big things we've, we found was that you can't— actually file a lawsuit unless you can justify just enough votes to actually have one. Mm-hmm. So it w- th- th- there's a, there's an argument that suing for a number that ex- like t- to an extreme degree would be de- would be deemed like um, gratuitous. Mm-hmm. It's like if, if you file a lawsuit, if you can prove one more vote than you needed to win, you have standing. Mm-hmm. But but my point is this. Let me ask you, if if you were involved in a, a competition, mm-hmm. let's let's call it a an origami competition. And then uh, you folded 1,000 paper cranes and then noticed that a bunch of the paper cranes on the other side you believed looked suspicious. What's the appropriate way to, going, to go about checking to make sure your opponents were, were on the level? If you go to the judges and say, hey, I think those cranes are fake. Well, by your standard, you're saying that you're putting undue pressure on the judges to allow you to win. Do I, in this situation, am I somebody who has you're the reigning champion power over the judges, though? Well, as the reigning champion and the fan favorite, 
You know, right, but there's then, a concern that if you don't win, people are going to be mad. But the but this is he's leaning on somebody who is in his political party, who's part of the political apparatus that he's the head of. The, but the, he has no power the, the over issue Georgia I take, state election officials. Well, not I, I, the issue I take with your argument is that if there ever is any impropriety, the only thing you can do is give up and, and submit to those. I'm not saying that. That's that. I'm what I'm saying is that I think that he was doing something inappropriate, and that he was. I think that his intent was to basically bully his way into having Georgia delivered to him. I'm not making any like judgments about- You don't think that about, mind reading is a bad legal standard? That what? You don't think that mind reading is a bad legal standard? But No, I'm just saying my opinion. I'm not I'm, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not, <laughs> so, I'm not arguing the case. I'm not so, litigating. So, so the issue is you've made a determination about Georgia. You've then determined that anyone who opposes that determination is doing something nefarious. You see my point? Uh. Well, you're trying. You're. It seems like you're asking me to take my standard and apply it as a universal standard, and I'm and I'm not prepared to do that. Because what, I'm, what I'm saying is, if I don't know and don't have the evidence of an outcome, I would expect certification and confirmation. If uh, if a woman goes to the police and says this man committed a crime against me, mm-hmm. I would expect the police to actually do some kind of preliminary investigation. Right. Not necessarily condemn the guy or or charge him or arrest him, but to be like, we'll look into it. If a politician goes to the police and says that their daughter had been brutally assaulted and, and raped and the cops were like, well, I'm not going to do anything about it. And the guy says, look, I'm just asking you to go and investigate the guy. That is not, in my opinion, undue pressure to for, for a politician to get some kind of legal outcome. Mm-hmm. It's literally what everyone is supposed to do if they feel something bad happened. I think Trump, I don't, I don't know what happened in Georgia. I think Trump's fraud narrative is, is, is wrong. I think they explain exactly how they won with the shadow campaign, changing procedural rules. Trump's argument here is that they were lax on voter, on voter on signature verification. And that if they looked into it, they would probably find hundreds of thousands. I don't know if that's true or not. It's immaterial. The issue is they didn't actually check. And the only way you'd actually seek to rectify a problem like that is to go to them and say, do it. Yeah. So I, my, my issue is, while I disagree with Trump, I don't see any other way to seek remedy other than asking someone to do a verification of it. Well, this is obviously not a hill I'm prepared to die on, but I would say that what you guys are saying is totally fair. Um, I think that this is the basis for a case because it, like, if he, if, if it's as you say, and it's all on the up and up, then that's going to be the defense's position. And if they, it's, but if it is the case that he was trying to sway the election inappropriately, that's a serious offense. What so it, I'm what, just saying what, that it's a serious case, unlike, for example, Stormy Daniels, which is totally frivolous. Well, let me, and, let me ask you this. What if they do go back and find, actually, we found 12,000 uh, mismatched signatures? Would that would would you then think Trump was acting inappropriately if they confirmed it would, that he it was would right? definitely it would definitely change the context of my thinking about. But this. they didn't actually go back and and take Trump's request seriously. So then we'll how, never know. But then so how could you have a negative view if they didn't do anything? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if they went back and said Trump was wrong, then mm-hmm. I'd agree with you. I'd be like, wow, Trump was totally wrong. So uh, Trump Trump Trump's argument here was mismatched signatures. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I don't know, maybe I, they didn't chat. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, the fraud stuff, I, I certainly yeah. think is wrong. That, that was weird. That was like Dominion and stuff and the CIA and all that was out of the question. Yeah. But arguing about lax signature verification policies, something totally different. Yeah. So your point is, since it didn't amount to anything. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Then there's no real... It's not... It's like an Well, it's, it's, it's like, look, if you have two people who are standing before a judge and one saying X and one saying Y... I think it's inappropriate to be like, how dare you ask that question, person A, when a judge should be like, okay, show me your evidence. Mm -hmm. And then the person will be like, here's a list of things I think justifies my claim. And the judge should then be like, person B, do you have a counterclaim to to refute this? And then if investigation is like, if there's probable cause, then a court should be like, okay, we're going to grant a signature verification request to see if these claims are accurate. I mean, it's sort of like, okay, to take an extreme example, if you were to, if you're an elected official and you went to somebody and you're like, you're like, listen, you know, uh, it seems like you, you might need help with your daughter's private school education. And like, like, does that of interest to you? And oh, by the way, I'm looking for this particular favor. And you're saying everything short of, you know, directly offering a bribe. You could, you could have the same litigation around whether this was entirely maybe he was just trying to help out her daughter is the the person's daughter who was going to private school you know and like like you it would come down to this mind reading thing or you could look at the totality of the circumstances and say this looks a lot like like a bribe but i think that but situation it, it, it's easier to make a quid pro quo right because trump doesn't say specifically i could do this thing for you yeah he just said hey i think this thing happened will you check and they said no and then he was like, are you kidding me? And they're like, no, go away. Right. And then your, your attitude is like, how dare Trump ask for, for a remedy to a perceived problem? If, if someone, so there, there's, a, there's a few questions around this. I mean, if we're dealing with it, matters of public interest, then I don't think the Fourth Amendment plays a role. Hmm. If the government is involved in something, then the government has a right to publish to the people the results of a search. I don't see how it makes sense that, I'll put it this way. If someone came to me, if, if, the, if, if someone to the cops and said, you know, Tim Poole stole my spoons, the cops would be like, we'll, we'll talk to him and we'll see what's going on. And then if they can't get any probable cause to get a warrant, too bad, so sad, have a nice day. Mm -hmm. And that, that's it. However, if it's a, a group of police officers mm -hmm. are carrying a bunch of spoons and then one person says they stole my spoons and another person says, actually, they didn't, you're lying. And then a person calls the police chief and says, I, I, you look. Just look in the police locker room, and if the spoons are there, that proves it. I don't see that as undoing. Like, if a politician did it, it doesn't matter. If the fact the fact is, we're dealing with an election. The smartest thing in the world to do would be for Georgia to be like, you know what, Trump? So that we can throw out all confusion, we absolutely will do the check and prove to you you're wrong. Yeah. Instead, they said we're going to arrest you and criminally indict you for daring to ask. I'm, I'm applying the same standard that I'm that I would apply to the situation that we discussed earlier, in which Tony Blinken called mm -hmm. Michael Morell and he said, "I'm very concerned about the possibility of Russian Russian interference in the election around the Hunter Biden laptop story." But he never asked, according to Morell's testimony, he never said. Could you write, yes. write this letter, et cetera? But listen. And, but Michael Morell took his marching orders. And like you could say, maybe so Tony Blinken was just concerned about Russian disinformation. But you're insinuating that Trump was secretly instructing them to fabricate ballots. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I mean, this. I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure that he even had it that well thought out. It, I think it's much more crass than that. It's just like, do what you need to do. But this is my priority. Go do it. I, I don't want to dogpile, but I just want to make a point uh, about, <laughs> about the analogy. I think part of where it breaks down is with Blinken. 
they all came out and said this was Russian Russian disinformation, even though it wasn't. Right. I, I think that's what makes that situation different and, and really egregious is they ended up saying something that wasn't true for a political campaign. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. let's go to Super Chats because we're not going to resolve that one, but uh, I think we met our points. Um, and then if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, become a member at TimCast.com, click the join us on the website. You'll get access to our Discord server to hang out with like-minded individuals and access to the members-only uncensored show, which will be on the front page at about 10, 10 p.m. But for now, we will read what y'all have to say in the Super Chats. I'm not your buddy, guy, says. It's sad seeing heroes who stand up being crushed, whether it's Julian Assange, James O'Keefe, Donald Trump, or Tucker Carlson. Globalism is slavery. Or Captain America. Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Luke was in chat saying Seamus is a dog and then later a dirty dog. So he's still upset. That is deeply offensive. Here. I know. All right. Coldilocks Production says, I deleted Fox News app, unsubbed from them on YouTube and unfollowed them on Rumble and Apple Newswatch. They showed their true colors this week and legacy media can go fade to nothing. Here, here, good sir. All right. S.A. Federale says, Tim, Stephen Crowder says Rumble is under DDoS while they grow. You need to get mm -hmm. Tucker and Zero Hedge under that umbrella. I'd pay at least 20 bucks a month or 40 bucks for a good option to show the hand of the market beats communism. Yup, yup. All right. What do we got? Max Reddick says, Tim, I know you and Crowder are friends, but can we put that aside for a minute to acknowledge that he was crappy to Daily Wire and Dave Landau, accused Candace Owens of extortion, and now he used his divorce as a grift crappy. I don't know at all what's going on, man. Earlier, there was a video from Crowder talking about a divorce and insinuating he played like a clip of Candace Owens and insinuated he was being extorted or something. Then Candace Owens said that he's accusing her of extortion. It's like, dude, I ain't got nothing to do with that, nor do I know. And the there's there's I'm, I'm you know, we, we talked about the Landau thing and then I'm hearing other people comment that it's not true. Like uh, Crowder was shouting out Landau's comedy dates and stuff. And I'm like, look, man. I'm not here to get into fights with with people like Crowder or Candace or whatever, because I got no idea what their thing is. You know what I mean? I, that's nothing to do with me. They're already fighting with me, and I'm a far more formidable foe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're coming after Seamus. No, they, I'm they... fighting with you, I'm saying. You're, oh, you already oh, have oh. this war with me. Oh, right, right, right. You know, like, I woke up in the morning, and all the potatoes were gone. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I was like, you want to make racist jokes? I'll show you. I'll take all the potatoes. But I it really it. backfired because I was like, why does Seamus have all the potatoes? I was like, it's not like... It's well, because it actually backfired I, because we were going to make hash browns for Seamus for breakfast. Yeah. And we couldn't find the potatoes. I, well, actually, oh, that yeah. was really thoughtful of that you guys. It was very hurtful to your Irish heart. It was. It, it, <laughs> I, I just felt it was like that actually would have that would have been enjoyable and that was a thoughtful <laughs> plan. So. Yeah. And we were going to sprinkle lava salt on it. That's right. It's a special <sighs> kind of very special salt. Could you do it tomorrow maybe? Uh, you have to give back the potatoes. Yeah, that's not going to happen, buddy. Okay. So. All right, what do we got? Lithian Cross says, could all this be a media purging campaign? A lot of big personalities have been either removed or attacked. James O'Keefe being where it all began. Isn't that crazy? James O'Keefe, Don Lemon, Tucker Carlson, Nate Silver, BuzzFeed News in its entirety. Wow. I didn't even know about the James O'Keefe thing until like a couple hours ago. What happened? Why was he fired from Veritas? Uh, he he resigned. He was ousted, put on leave yeah. because a letter circulated within the company accusing him of just impropriety, which was clearly BS. Like financial? No. Well, well sort of. They claimed that he, he like was using company funds for a wedding, but it was like a, a Veritas. What I, so I heard, there's two stories. First, they said he used company funds for his wedding venue. Then someone said, no, that was for the Veritas corporate party. And then someone else said, Actually, it was for his wedding. When that got canceled, he just used it for the Veritas party. 
And I'm like, I literally don't care. <laughs> so I, like it took uh, uh, James O'Keefe, as far as I'm concerned, should be getting paid five times as much money than he is. We can see the 990s for, for Veritas. We saw how much he was making. I think it was like 300 to 400 K or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this dude got raided by the feds, is doing some of those consequential journals in the world. If anyone deserves to be wealthy off their job, it's James O'Keefe. Mm. So the fact that they were like, and he used the money to uh, uh, set up a corporate party, but it was really because he couldn't get a refund back for a wedding. I'm like, so what? Well, I don't care if the company bought him a McLaren. You know, like, give the guy a trophy made of gold. The real story is he went undercover to marry somebody. That's right. Yeah, he was filming them the entire time when he wanted to, like, live out a whole marriage with some lefty so he could really, really expose him. That's why they were allowed to have Veritas pay for the wedding. <laughs> All right, what is this? What is this? Uh, S.A. Federale. Max is actually grifting. Candace went low. Steven never did anything wrong. Who, who's Max? What are they referring to? Max? Max who? No idea. Yeah, who's Max? All right. Scrubby McScrubberson says, Tim, Emin Bundy put on FBI Most Wanted list, issued default judgment by judge, and pop property was surrounded. He held a massive barbecue to avoid a standoff. We had him on the show. It was great. All right. Martin Edgar says, Stand Your Grounds needs to be a triple shot cappuccino blend. Oh my God. Well, that's the, that's the challenge. Um, espresso blends are darker and that has less caffeine in it. You know, lighter roasts have more caffeine. So we right? would we would want to do like a light espresso roast so that it would probably have a higher caffeine concentration, you know? Mm -hmm. All right. Infernal Saxon says, Wizards of the Coast sent to the Pinkertons after someone. I don't know if you guys heard the story, but Wizards of the Coast, they, uh, they make Magic the Gathering. There's this guy, he got sent a set of cards that hasn't come out yet. And what he thinks happened is there's a set called, um, what is it? What is it called? Something Machines or whatever. And then there was a, a new set that's got the same name, but it says Aftermath. He went to a dealer who said, I've got these boxes. He bought them. Then he realized, wait, wait, these don't come out for a week you know, or for like two weeks. So he made a video about it. And then Wizard of the Coast hired the Pinkerton security agency to go to his house and shake him down and seize his property from him. And he gave it to him. That's the weirdest thing. Why would you do that? I don't you know. I don't have a right to this. He was like, they were, they were saying they'd replace the product and we're, they're trying to figure out how it got out. And what he said was he thinks someone sent it out by accident. But I don't care. If I if I legitimately purchase something yeah. and a private security company took to my house, yeah. the first thing I'm going to say is by entering my property, you're already committing burglary because we have a physical barrier. Mm -hmm. So you can GTFO right now or I will defend my property. Dude, is this the nerd John Wick who ends up fighting a bunch of private security task force people to the death <laughs> over they the stole cards his... he got? Yeah, it'd be better if it was like <laughs> No, they break cards, into though. his house. Yeah, exactly. They, they, <laughs> they come his into his house to take his Yuga cards and he just gets into a gunfight with them over I mean, it. John Wick was over a puppy though, right? Which is yeah. nerdy, no, but, but we all, yeah. we all understand that we yes. can understand look it's a, it's a lovable little dog this dude is like there's more than that took my cards his wife got his him the wife. dog yeah. when she, when she died right right and was, so an they walk. killed the dog mm -hmm. john wick's awesome i gotta watch part four i haven't seen it i gotta, I I gotta watch it. it either yeah it just came out john wick's a good good story the first one's the best one the rest are just good fun you mm. know but the first one's like such a good story yeah i so saw the brutal. first one I, I didn't see any of the other ones yeah all right S.A. Federale says Mug Club is the best thing since Murdoch became Bud, Bud Light. What? Murdoch? Let's make a sponsorship now for Tucker Carlson and Zero Hedge. I'd pay uh, more than my mortgages. I mean, that's up to them, you know? I don't know what Tucker Carlson's going to do. It's going to be up to them to, to start something. All right. Servi Rose. Servi Rose says, please stop calling CBDCs crypto. They may be ledgers and they may use blockchain as a data store, but they are not decentralized. Crypto doesn't mean decentralized. So, and there's a lot of cryptocurrencies that are centralized. 
Like Ethereum is, I believe Ethereum for the most part is centralized. I actually had the, a question about, I was asking a friend who knows much more about this than I do, and you guys do too, but about the this, the, the new currency. So isn't the whole purpose of blockchain that you don't create anymore, right? There's only a no. finite amount out there? No, no, no. Uh, bi- bi- totally Bitcoin is finite. Bit- okay. Dogecoin's not. Dogecoin's okay. inflationary. Okay. So Dogecoin's actually fairly smart. And although it's based on a meme, people need to understand like it's, it's, it's kind of legit. Um, I do own a little bit, full disclosure, but the idea with Dogecoin is that the monetary supply increases by a certain percentage every year so that there is a controlled volume increase, which does make sense. So with this new currency, would the Fed still have the ability yep. to be able to, to yes. create money uh-huh. and restrict yes. the creation? Yes, okay. easily. Oh, yeah, they would never, right? They would never issue a currency that they couldn't create, manipulate, right. and make right. more of. So then what exactly is the difference between what we're talking about and just cash or like cash in the form of you it's know, numbers on a screen. every transaction is tracked in a ledger so they can see everywhere you've gone plug it into an ai and then follow you every step of your existence well cbdc's that are also bad. programmable so they can prevent you from spending your money on certain purchases like guns so this is terrible yeah absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. very bad for us so it's what will happen is there are things you do in your life that you do not realize correlate so what we found is Facebook, for instance, knows when you poop. Mm-hmm. They know when you're going to poop. Yeah. Because what they found is... I'm not on Facebook. Do they know when I poop? Yes. <laughs> yes, because they you, do. Because you are on Facebook. You're wrong. Right, right. Facebook has something called shadow profiles. You know shadow profiles? Yeah, 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 totally. So what they'll do is they'll say, uh-huh. if a person moves three meters in, you know, within the span of 20 seconds and then stops and pauses... And it's between the time period of 7 a.m. and 9 p.m., there is a 73.9% chance they'll go to the bathroom within 20, 10 minutes. Because the, the AI can see patterns we can't see. Right. So now plug in a CBDC, a central bank digital currency. They will have pre-crime. They will say there is a 97% mm. chance that when someone goes to this location and to that location, a day later, they will purchase a narcotic from this location. Oof. And they will be waiting for you with pre-crime agents and an old man being like, precogs have found that you are going to buy drugs. <laughs> so and then you'll be like, ah. This is something for people to understand about the censorship industrial complex. Because I think people probably think of it as like a bunch of, you know, spies and hell monitors just like doing Google Google searches looking for people spreading this quote unquote disinformation or Twitter searches, whatever. Um, and that is some of it. But most of it, the overwhelming majority of it was driven by AI. So already, wow. like I'm not talking about yep. the future. I'm talking about like like the Stanford Internet Observatory and all these groups would 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 had AI algorithms that would run that would find run sort of uh, searches based on themes, and then they would catch you know as many hundreds of thousands and millions of social media posts within that bucket, and then they would send it to the to the platforms. So Horrifying. that was already happening. The AI is getting better and better. The future that we're afraid of with the censorship industrial complex stuff is that you know it's all going to be run on ai and the ai is going to dwarf what we have now it's already happened everything that you see everything that you read everything that you post is going to be filtered through ai that either increases it or throttles it for for viewers and you know controls what you see um and that's what they're trying to construct that's the so i think it's already been constructed yeah And we're just seeing the surface that's already existed for a Mm -hmm. long time. All right, here's a scary one. David Kirkpatrick said Sandy Spring Bank had to pull 21 million out of reserves to cover losses and is now laying off 60. This is driven by the Fed's rate increases. The bank did too many low rate loans and is losing money. Yeah, I think it's uh, 
going to collapse and then they're going to introduce CBDC. The, the, the working theory I have, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I, I don't know how probability is, is that they're going to there's going to be a bunch of banks that collapse. They're going to come in and say, you've been rescued. Download our app mm-hmm. and we will transfer your funds into, uh, you know, GovCoin or whatever they'll call it. And then people are going to do it with glee. They're going to be like, oh, no, my money's all gone. The bank collapsed. And they're going to what's going to happen is the Republicans are going to be like, no, no, no. And the Democrats are going to be like, yes, yes, yes. And people are going to be like, the Democrats need like the government needs to do this. How am I supposed to pay my employees? How am I supposed to pay my bills? Mm-hmm. And then everyone's going to go and vote Democrat. And the Democrats are going to rubber stamp the CBDC. And then your bank is going to dissolve. But the app will have all of your funds in it. Mm. Here it comes. Yep. They will make you beg for the servitude. That's smart. You know, if you try to impose this on people, they're going to resist. Yep. You make them beg you for it. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's ready. the case with the censorship stuff. People are, this is, this is, or, this is organic. It's coming from the top down, but it's also coming from the bottom up. People are demanding this stuff. All right. Let's get some more oh. super chats. Okay. I got, I have to point something out. Luke's still talking smack on the chat and he missed a great opportunity for a pun. I'm going to, ins- I'm going to, cr- Luke, I want you to be better at this. So I'm going to critique your insult. He said, Seamus uh, or shameless is already on leprechaun coin. It should, you should have said leprechaun. I mean, <laughs> it's did, unbelievable. He, it, no, he, it, it does say leprechaun. Leprechaun coin. Then yeah. he's, then he wrote coin twice. Foolish. Two coins? That's how you get inflation, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Luke's so dumb. Luke's so dumb. Get better at it, bro. All right. Sam says, in Back to the Future 2, in 2015, Marty is asked to donate to a charity by thumbing $100 by scanning his thumb for a funds transfer. Isn't it funny that Back to the Future 2 took place in 2015? And it's it was exactly it was exactly like that. I know. I mean, it's crazy because in 2015, I was riding around Times Square on a hoverboard while like sharks and dinosaurs were coming out of the heads. This is what they we took do from us. have the 3D ads though now. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go to Times Square and you look mm-hmm. at the ad that's bent and you can, it looks like you know, three dimensional. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. The way because it's uh it's at an angle, mm-hmm. and then the way the video is. So if you're looking straight at it from one side, it looks really weird. Mm-hmm. But if you're standing at the right angle, it looks three dimensional, huh. like it's coming out of the ad. Wow. Yeah. Some Blade Runner. What do we got next? <clears throat> Joe Spinell says BlackRock increased its stock ownership of Fox to over 15% in February. I'm pretty certain those at BlackRock aren't fans of Tucker. Yep. Tyler Bachman says, I have narcolepsy. I take modafinil. You're good for about 8 to 12 hours. Haven't encountered dry skin in the five years I've been taking the drug. The drug is one of three drugs that allows me to have a relatively normal life. Oh, well. Captain Caveman says, is Seamus Ian's replacement asking for a friend? No. Seamus is Luke's replacement. That's right. Yeah. Ian's just, uh, where is he? As he looks straight into the camera. That's right. <laughs> You're never coming back, Luke. This is my seat now. Enjoy. Enjoy obscurity in Florida. Well, you know what we'll do? To be Fade fair to Luke. To nothing. We'll give Luke 48 no. hours to come back. And if he doesn't, we'll write Seamus on the chair. That's right. It's my chair. You won't be so, back. So, so there you go. You're afraid. We Are Change writes, Shameless likes to drink bug, bug Light as he tries to kick helpless dogs. Luke, you should say that a fourth bug. time in chat. I bet it'll get even funnier. <laughs> Is it the fourth time he said it? It's like the fourth time he said it, yeah. Bug Light? Bug Light. I think like you eat bugs? He doesn't know how to spell. He, was th- he's he trying says, to no say one can light. replace me. <laughs> well, to be, you know, Luke, you're right. So if, you, if you're here within 48 hours, we'll give you your chair back. Give Otherwise, you, we're writing you, Seamus on it. Chair. That's right. I, will, I will take a silver paint marker and I will write Seamus on the chair. Ooh, that's got to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, buddy. 
Um, Captain Caveman says, what's a potato's favorite TV show? Starch Trek. Wow. Uh, I heard someone someone in chat uh, who actually made a clever pun about Bud Light said, Spud Light is what I drink. But I said, that's pretty good. This this potato thing all started because I was watching Leprechaun. Mm -hmm. I think it was Leprechaun 2. I'm not sure. Yes. And Seamus walks in and he's like, what are you watching? And he looks at the screen and there's a guy turning Irish. Because he got bit by a leprechaun. <laughs> and he orders from the waitress. This, is, this really happens in the movie. He's like, I want mashed potatoes, french fries, tater tots, mm-hmm. and, and waffle fries. And he's eating a whole bunch of different french fries. And Seamus just turns and sees this guy. And he's like, what is this? This is the most racist, racist thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I can't believe this. But no, no joke. The guy gets bitten by the leprechaun <laughs> and starts turning Irish. <laughs> That's literally what happens. Yeah. And he starts embodying all these Irish stereotypes. What, but like, potatoes? This is, this is our representation in media? <laughs> but the, the, the messed up thing is potatoes aren't even endemic to ireland that's a lie that's a dirty lie they were introduced to ireland stop it I'm, stop I'm, it you're a true, liar right? you're no, like no, no, no that is true technically but, but, but so, don't. so basically that, what it's metaphorically doing, false the, the leprechaun movie was using the potato famine as like a stereotype about irish people because they didn't ha- because they didn't have potatoes right. you yeah. you can say anything about it listen irish people weren't considered white until being white meant you had to apologize for being white all the time like, it's just, we're the group that everyone can make fun of and crap on, but we're going to get sick of it. Jonathan Howe says, Tim, please get Tucker on IRL. Yes. Just, like, I, I love when people are just like, you should have Trump on the show. I'm like, yeah, we should. <laughs> yeah, That's right. great. You should get Tucker. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. You know, and Brad Pitt, maybe Tom Cruise. Tucker, same time. Tucker, if you're listening, don't come on. Tim doesn't, <laughs> Tim doesn't deserve it. He doesn't deserve your presence. Come on to Shamer, rumble.com slash Shamer. Don't, oh, don't yeah, support but we, we reached out to Tucker's team, and he, he is cognizant of the desire. He is aware. Mm-hmm. And we'll see what happens. It's up to him. You know, We'll have him out when he wants to come out. Maybe when he's launching his show, he'll come here and announce it, and we'll have like a big thing where he's like, you know. Here's my new show. It's amazing. It's called Shamer. I'm stealing his podcast name. <laughs> like, what? Tucker's just stealing my, my sna- new podcast. And he snaps his fingers. Tunes. He snaps his fingers, and then two guys come and just carry you out of the room. <laughs> you guys write, you cross out Seamus on my chair and write Tucker on it. Yeah. Luke has been replaced. Luke, first, it was Seamus. Now it's me. All right. What do we got? John Kirsten says Tyler Fisher, Jordan Peterson impersonation is uh, greater than Potato Man's Jordan impersonation impression. I mean, if you want to debase yourself by lying in the chat, that's fine. But just know you'll be held accountable for it. Okay. Yeah. Um, what did we just say? I just had a super chat and it just jumped away from me. Where did it go? It said something about... Uh, I can't I can't find it. So, you know, so when, when the super chats come in, it'll load a whole bunch and then just jump ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Matt Zorella says, Bud Light, when you don't want to lose money, but you want to lose a lot of it. <sighs> well, so the joke is Bud Light is the beer for people who don't want to drink beer, but want to drink a lot of it. But, but that makes sense because like, I don't really want to drink any beer, but you want to get drunk. Right. Whereas like, you don't want to lose money, but you want to lose a lot of it. It's like, I don't, I don't know, but I get it. They're losing money. What is this one? Tenny Ball says, I'm a St. Louis native, home of the Anheuser-Busch Brewery. Apology or not, they are dead to me. Thankfully, Yingling is available over here now. That's cool because it's like an East Coast thing. Mm-hmm. Yingling, I love they're, Yingling. they're good. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's like a DC thing, right? Middle. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. PA. It's a Pennsylvania yeah. beer, but it's like all over the place out here. Hmm. And I noticed like everybody orders it. It's like the thing to order, hmm. you know. And then you, further you go west, it disappears, which is yeah. weird because it's like it's sad. Super north prominent. too. I don't think like in yeah. New York. It's is it on tap? We should make Yingling the replacement for Bud Light. Everybody insists that your bar carry this brand. Yeah. 
uh, you know. No, Tim, we got to make uh, ultra Seamus's beer. Or well, whatever. There, there, there is to and be that... fair. This conservative dad's ultra right beer. I heard about that. We ordered six hundred cans of it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I recommend against drinking alcohol. By the way, I really do. Really? Yeah, yeah. I think it's bad. Yeah. Well, it's definitely bad, but it's also fun. Well, I, I'd say it can be good in moderation. If you're an adult of yeah, proper yeah. legal drinking age, yeah. then you can make the decision for yourself. But me, I think it's it's no no as bueno. No as bueno. But I understand, you know, it's a beer. beer Tim can't together. control himself. He gets one sip and he goes, ah, it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. Give me more. I'll drink the Bud Light. I don't care. Derek Menson says, Seamus talks big for a guy from a country that looks like the Apple logo with the UK taking a bite out of it. <laughs> First of all, I never talk big. All right. Secondly, I'm really from America. Don't tell anybody. All right, everybody. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, become a member at TimCast.com. We're going to have a members only uncensored show coming up live in about 10 minutes on the front page of TimCast.com. To watch it, just become a member at TimCast.com by clicking join us. You'll also have, there will also be instructions on how to join the Discord server so you can hang out with like-minded individuals. Don't forget to also purchase some cast brew coffee because pre-orders are about to hit. And they will be delivering by May, uh, shipping out by May 5th. First come, first serve. So there's a lot of people who have already purchased. This is amazing. We've sold enough product to basically replace sponsorships. We're really excited for it. There's a few that we're keeping on because we're big fans of some of these companies. So uh, again, go to TimCast.com. Smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. Layton, you want to shout anything out? Sure. Oh, like plug? Yeah, whatever you want to shout out. Oh, yeah. I'll plug myself. There you go. Um, public.substack.com is our uh, substack. That's me and Michael Schellenberger. Um, you can hit me up on Twitter at, at L Woodhouse. Uh, what else do I want to say? If you have anything, any uh, whistleblower, whistleblower leaks to send, you can send it to Leighton Woodhouse at proton.me. Right on. I can send you some stuff about... Uh... Tim Cast and Luke. We'll talk about oh, later please. about Luke. Luke Rudkowski. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for watching. I'm going to level with you. Tim is a bad man with a dark soul. If you want political commentary for someone who isn't evil, just check out rumble.com slash shame and you'll be able to watch me. And you see, I let him say these things. Let's you believe? <laughs> I believe in free speech. <laughs> That's right. He believes in it so much. The capitalists will sell us the rope with which we will hang them, <laughs> as I like to say. Uh, Tim Pool will give me the platform with which I will expose him. But if you want to check out my podcast, it's uh, rumble.com slash shamer. And I also make cartoons at a YouTube channel called Freedom Tunes. Uh, I have an awesome team. We, we churn out this content. We released a really funny cartoon today. And we're going to have one out Thursday. So keep your eyes peeled for it, kids. Adrian Norman DC on all platforms other than Truth Social and Rumble, which is just Adrian Norman. Right on. And uh, I am Surge.com on Twitter. Find me and let's argue. We will see all of you over at TimCast.com in about 10 minutes. Thanks for hanging out. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.